What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And if I count correctly on my fingers, uh, it's 84. Yeah, oh, you've got yeah. way too many fingers. Yeah, I know. It's kind of concerning. And I did believe, Jamie, that when I was counting up on my 84 fingers, um, that these were the Chronicles of Joe Harlow. Yeah, they are. Absolutely wonderful. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. <laughs> This is Ron Wasserman, the nut that wrote Go Go Power Rangers. It's Boba Fett here. This is Molly Rennick from Living Dead Girl. It's WWE superstar legend, Davy Boy Smith's daughter, Georgia Smith. Hi, uh, my name is Joel Harlow. I'm a uh, makeup effects designer, creature creator, character creator. You are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast. Deaf people will see far fewer helicopters than... <laughs> I've heard you'd be taking the piss out of seagulls being jizzed on. Where'd you get that other sauce from? Brown? You just got it from the from Brown. Hello everybody, and welcome to the 84th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And are the Chronicles of Joel Harlow. It is I. The bearded brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, is this handsome fella right here. It definitely didn't sound like these this week. <laughs> it sounded like you're going titties, And I did believe Jamie that was the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. Yay! Yeah, the only reason I know that is because Braden texted me a couple of days ago and wrote me a song and said, sing this to the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. So I played it on the Alexa like two days ago, and it was one of the funniest things I've ever said and sang. And that's the only reason how I know what that was. So, um, oh, Have you not seen the Pirates of the Caribbean movies? I've watched the first one, and that's it. Okay. Um, so anyway, it's story time with Tom. Um, I think it's time to get straight into a story, because I can't leave this any longer. This has to be talked about now, Okay. 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 The headline in Wales Online reads, <laughs> Man admits sex act with a seagull in an alleyway. And I was like, okay, straight away you have my attention. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I, this is exactly why I couldn't leave this alone. This had to go straight <laughs> into the beginning. All right? <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm invested. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Man was seen on camera catching the bird, then performing the sex act whilst watching his phone. A man has admitted carrying out a sex act involving a herring gull that caused unnecessary suffering to the bird, an offence under the Animal, well- Animal Welfare Act 2006. CCTV footage played in court showed David Lee, 40, from Roker Avenue in Sunderland, kneeling down an alleyway at around 1am with a wild bird between his legs. He is seen pulling his pants off and appearing to masturbate with the bird close to his groin area, whilst watching pornography on his phone before kicking the bird away and walking off. There's so much to unpack here. but <laughs> There is a lot, there is a lot isn't there? Do you want me to carry on? Oh, well, there's more. Keep going, keep going. Prosecutor Leslie Burgess said, at around 1am, the defendant was seen chasing a girl down the road. The second piece of footage sees the defendant chasing the same bird down the road. In the third piece of footage, the defendant has a different bird in his hand. It's smaller. You see the defendant with the bird in his arms and he goes a short space down the road. It is clear from CCTV footage that the defendant is masturbating. 
The defendant places the bird between his groin, close to his groin, and in between his legs. He goes back to his phone and continues with the act. He pulled. He then pulled his trousers up, gives a kick to the bird, picks up his phone, and walks off. Oh my god! The defendant. What's more? Said that Lee had some history of mental health issues. No shit. And the chair of magistrates adjourned that the case for sentencing had said, I have to say that as an experienced magistrate, this is one of the most unusual cases we have ever come across in the magistrate's court. Now, <laughs> obviously, it's uh, why Why did you kick the bird? There's no need to kick the bird, first of all. Second of all, why? Why did... I don't get it. I don't understand... Because obviously it's a serious offence, you know, and I, oh, I'm yeah. not going to say, yeah. But who looked at a seagull and went, oh, do you know what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't want to kink shame, but wanting to jizz on a seagull is just a little bit out there. But did he, did he the think that did he it's touch? okay? Did he think, okay, it's fine because my semen's white and so is the bird. No one will, no one will notice. Blending. Or did they think that like it would be like an oil, you know, an oil birds get an oil, and then people go to clean them and they go, "What the fuck is this?" Um... <laughs> I've got a theory. Think, yeah. That... Sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, like you said, how did he catch it? Like <laughs> that's the most because it's one a.m. So <laughs> how? How? Yeah. Like, Dude. Possibly. But seagulls are scary as fuck. I wouldn't even want to try and catch a seagull. Fuck that. And how the hell did he hold it in place of his legs? Has he got Callum's legs? Did he just not Must escape? Do. <laughs> Must do. Like, that was, yeah. I mean, I don't, as soon as I read the title, I was like, wow, that's going in the show. Um, <laughs> I, 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 ju I just, I mean, it's not as mental as a cow falling on you, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, I was just a bit like, I don't know how to even... <laughs> Like, unravel this story, to be quite honest with you, Jamie. It was just a bit, like, really? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sunderland, so it makes sense. <laughs> that makes perfect sense to me, so. I have a theory that maybe this guy was shit on by a bird, and he's like, I'll get you back, and I'll get you worse. Just you fucking wait. Just yeah, but it, if he has mental health issues, he probably because bird shit's white. He probably thought that the bird had jizzed on him. Oh, maybe. Yeah, so he's like, "You bloody bastards! I'll get you back for this." An eye for an eye, <laughs> or a jizz for a jizz. <laughs> <laughs> but like, first of all, don't fucking kick it. What are you kicking it for? Like that makes no fucking sense. It's like you've just done really unspeakable things to this bird. That was just an insult to injury to give it a kick. Like, unless, <laughs> unless, Jamie, unless the bird fell in love <laughs> and, and was like, but don't leave me, we're, we're partners now. He's like, fuck off. Quack. I've done my bit. Yeah. I've had my fun, love. You know, one of them dirty fucking bastards. You're not sleeping over. Get out. <laughs> do you want to meet me bird? Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, let's move on very swiftly before we get called by RSPC or something. I've heard you be taking the piss out of seagulls being jizzed on. That's such a weird sentence. It's a sentence I never thought I'd ever say in my life. <laughs> well, I know what clip's going to start the show for you. Um... <laughs> well, 
<laughs> this surprised me. Don't you think it's crazy, and I do it, how shocked people get by how long ago things were? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all the memes, all the gifts, all the things that people share, it's like, well, I thought, I look at it and go, oh, sorry, 20 years ago, it's 1983. No, it's 2003. What the fuck do you mean it's 2003? Fucking hours ages ago. And you go, well, yeah, that's how time works. Like, that's just how it. That's just how it goes. Like when we spoke to when we interviewed when we had that amazing interview yesterday with Norm McNeil, part two, yeah. and it was like, oh, we last spoke to you in June twenty twenty one. He was like, what? That was but that was ages ago. <laughs> like, yeah, because that's just how it. That's just how time. That's just how it operates. This is how it works. Because I think it was on the radio when they mentioned the Twilight TV series was a new thing that they're going to be doing. And they were like, well, how long ago was Twilight? About five, ten years ago? It's like, no, it's about 15. And everyone's like, what? What do you mean it was so... I'm just like, why are you so surprised by something that was that's old? Because, you know, it's only 15 years ago. I, 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 <laughs> it's a weird one. I get what you're saying completely. That is how time works. But at the same time, I do get it. Because something happened, I go, oh, it was only the, like a couple of years ago. And it was like, no, it was 10 years ago. Was it bollocks? Like, <laughs> you just don't believe it. It's so weird. It's like I was I was just with you at the weekend, but that feels like weeks ago now. <laughs> it does. It is, feel a lot longer it, than it was. Is it like a thing as you get older that you go, like, it just, because you have more memory of things happening, that you then go, fucking hell. Like, as kids, kids probably just go, my God, it's the slowest time of my life, because they've not got a lot of memory. To, they've got nothing to really go back to. If they're born, like, 2010 mm. or 2015 or something, They've probably only got they've only got eight, nine, ten years or whatever. So not a lot's really happened for them. Whereas for us, being thirty-five and thirty-six, we've got thirty-five and thirty-six years worth of stuff where we go, fucking hell, it was ages ago. That's a good theory. I like that theory. Oh, thank you. Do you reckon old people do it? They're like, oh, that was like last year, wasn't it? No, Margaret, that was sixty years ago, love. Oh bollocks, I'm getting uh, old. I think old people love to talk about it. Love it. I can add because it. they, you know, they're probably they're like playing croquet or something. They were like, "Oh, I was playing croquet with Princess Anne, and it was lovely in 1946. The sun was shining. It was a Thursday morn. We had a little supper of tea, and you're like, did you know? That's nice. Yes. Then in 1947, you're like, oh my god, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love hearing your stories, Nan. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So it's almost like at kids, at kids, you're like, well, this is the slowest time ever because nothing's really happened. At our age, you're going, fuck me, is it that long ago? And then as you get older, you're like, oh, I love talking about the past. Oh, it was 60 years ago. It was wonderful. You're not shocked anymore. I, don't, I like this theory. Thing. I like this theory. It's a good theory. Like Thank, you. Like Thank you. Thank um, you. Finally, um, Jamie, and this really made me laugh. Uh, do you remember when everybody loved to say that things were so random? <laughs> I went for that face, yeah. Like, it's just a really mental theory because every... So how, how can I word this? Like, I, oh my God, like, can you believe that my mum came in and brought tea and snacks? Like, it was so random. But was it random, though? <laughs> Not really. Because she just came in to bring tea and snacks for you, like like she normally does. Like it's not, it's not was, a random occurrence. That was the best thing. You'd always say about things that aren't a random occurrence. Or, oh, every Friday, my nan does this. So random. Like it's not really random. Yeah. Is it? She does it every no, Friday. <laughs> Why was that a phase? That's so weird. I was watching Crystalia. That's what gave me the inspiration for it because he 
he talks in his stand-up about how um, a girl he was dating years ago was like, God, you text me the most random times. He's like, really? Random? Like, <laughs> tell me what times those are, and I'll text you at the other times. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, fucking hell, yeah. People used to be like, oh, my God. But like, this is what's random. You go skateboarding, and then suddenly a cheetah starts chasing you in the middle of January in fucking Greenland, and there's no half pipes. But as you're skating down there, fucking the Hulk appears. That's fucking random. That's really fucking random. Yeah. It's very random. Oh, my God. Like, I ate a Twix. It was 5.06. And, oh, my God. Like, it's so random. <laughs> and you even rhymed. That was great. I like that. Yeah. You were a fucking poet, and I didn't know it. Oh, my really? God. Oh, my God. It's so random. Oh I know. Like, totally. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, fuck me, Jamie. You're so random. Like, you know, you've got your, your Mandala t-shirt on. Like, what the hell? It's so random. It's so random. Yeah, I just... yeah. I, I I went through the phase myself. I can't. Really, I don't even know why. I think I did it. I think because you, as a kid you try and fit in, don't you? Oh yeah. So it, I think lush was a word that everyone used a lot around the Gloucestershire way. Um, I'm just trying to think of like phases that everyone went through. I know me and my friends went through a phase of saying that everything was epic. I don't know why. Cosmic was one as well. Cosmic. Was that six? Was one. Was that in the sixties? No. Yeah. <laughs> was one. What a word! What a word! That is to come back more. That's a great. Everything word. was ep- everything was epic. Epic, yeah. Oh, this song is epic. Oh, we should. We had this sandwich. Like, oh, it was epic. Like, every fucking epic. Like it weren't, but <laughs> everything was epic. I remember uh, when I lived up north. This is like I was about eleven or twelve, and everything was mint. Was mint. Oh yeah, I never joined him with that, but I remember it. I remember other people saying it. Same with the lush one. I never got on board. I hate that fucking word, but I remember it. I think Ace is a northern one as well. Oh, I say Ace, that is. <laughs> I still Sorry. say that. Do you? <laughs> I still call things Ace. Okay. <laughs> I might, I might try and use the northern champion word down here. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> Someone I used to work with um, was like, but we don't say that north. Is like my dad says it all the time, and he's from Sheffield, so I'm pretty. It must be like a dialect thing in certain. Uh, certain places up north because my dad says it all the time. So, oh, maybe. North, fucking champion. That is absolute champion. <laughs> um, I love the north. It's like my uh, my dad's wife, he, she always calls people duck. <laughs> I yeah. fucking love that one. That's yeah. another one. That Get is another duck. one. Yeah. Yeah, I duck. Yeah, I duck. What's going, what, what's going on, duck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I'll find I'm actually a giraffe. <laughs> Start calling people the most randomest animals. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's so random. random. Uh, I haven't actually got anything to bring to the table today. I've, I've spent most of my day just looking at pictures at the, from the Met Gala and wondering what the fuck is happening in the world. What, what is that? I have no idea. I've literally been spent, while I was waiting for you, Googling the Met Gala, trying to understand what it is. And what I can tell, it's been going since like the 40s or something. What? Why do people dress like Jared Leto turned up as a cat? Little Nas okay. X turned up as like a mirror ball. I was like, what the fuck? But it's a party okay. afterwards. Like, could you imagine having going to a party and drinking and talking to your friends dressed as a cat? Is it 
an event for celebrities to, ce- to celebrate themselves for being rich and famous. Pretty much. Mm, I hate shit like that. Yeah. I hate shit like that. Yeah. I pr- there I we can't. are then. I just, and apparently every year is a different theme. I'm like, what's the theme to dress like a prat? I don't, I don't get it. I don't. Oh, prat. That's you know. Okay, <laughs> there we are. You could say dickhead or knob. I thought you know? about prat. I haven't heard that in a while. It's such a shit word, doing it. <laughs> don't you think it's like nice? Such a shit word. <laughs> oh, just so nice. Nice. Like it's so like up in the air and vague. Like, <laughs> all right. What what what's exactly not, you know? If you really want to use adjectives, go fucking use some adjectives. Don't fucking just be like, oh, you're so nice. Nice is one of those words that you can't tell if someone's being genuine. They're going, oh, that's nice, or they're going, oh, that's nice. <laughs> you are the you. I mean, you were the fucking king, the king of using the adjective, and you're the king of repeatedly using repeatedly <laughs> using the same adjective in about the same sentence about five times. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like, oh, to, get my, I'd like to get my point across. It's incredible. That's so incredible. That incredible thing. That I knew you were going to pick up the word incredible. I knew it. It's that or amazing. I've noticed. Ladies and gents, if you ever had a peek into our emails, <laughs> you, you would see, you could tell who's who <laughs> without looking at who signed it off at the bottom. Because mine are amazingly incredible. That's why. Well, oh, there we are then. Hey. Um, lovely. How are you, my friend? Are you well? I'm very well. I've I've had a nice relaxing day today. Like I was determined to just do fuck all today because I never do nothing, and I'm I'm just wiped out. And I was just like, I need a day where I do nothing. So I did a couple of little bits because you know you can't just ignore everything. But I did as little as possible, and I just chilled. And the day felt like it was over in about fifteen minutes. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's always the way though when you want to chill out. Always yeah. the way. Yes, the same thing happened to me yesterday. Always the way. Always the fuck. I was like, I'm gonna watch a film, I'm gonna play a game, I'm gonna do this. I watched a film and that was bad, and the day was over, it felt like I was like, Where's the where the where's my day gone? <laughs> What'd you watch? Uh Pirates of the Caribbean. The <laughs> fourth one. <laughs> there we are then. <laughs> I was I was doing like pre-editing for this episode and I saw a clip of what Joel had done on Pirates of the Caribbean 4, and I was like, I haven't seen that one in years. I'm gonna watch that today. I've decided to watch that. Chilling out with Johnny and his pirate pals. I love those movies. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm uh went back to the old Rihanna in today. Um it was all right. It was all right, it was fine. It is what it is. So it's one of the, after the weekend we've had, I was just a bit like, oh yeah. That was exactly I, I, me when I went back to work Sunday. Uh, yep. Cool. I'm like, yeah, okay, here we go again. Um some things that were said, I can't put them on here, unfortunately. But I'm not trying to dine on carrots. It's just I, I just don't want to put them on here. Um, uh, just, just, yeah. I was just a bit like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, no worries. This is obviously how this shit goes, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's fine. It is what it is. Um, but yeah, man, I'm alright. I'm on my own. I'm on my own for three days. Um, so a lot of wrestling's gonna be watched. Put it that way. Um. <laughs> I just, I just want to say right, right here, right now, that today um, I became all elite. I am all in. You are. Uh, you are. I'm Lucky so, <laughs> so excited. So excited. Floor seats and everything. Uh, AEW all in at Wembley Stadium on 27th of August. It's going to be unbelievable. That's awesome. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm jealous as fuck. I really wanted to get tickets, and I guarantee by the time my next payday comes around, 
it's either going to be sold out or it's going to be. You can sit all the way up there. If you bring a magnifying glass, you might see someone. 35 quid, though. 30 quid, even, for the, yeah. for the top for the rafters. Yeah, so, but I was like, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I got loads of, I got commission from work and I was like, fuck it, I'm saving it. I'm, I'm going to buy my AW tickets on when they get released. And then obviously I got an early bird fucking code. So I was like straight in. And then I got, I, when I logged on, it was like, you are 2000 plus in the queue. I was like, motherfucker, no, I didn't know there was a bloody queue. <laughs> yeah, I think I've um, read some of sold like 135,000 tickets today on pre sale. <laughs> And do you know what really makes me laugh is the amount of people giving them shit on Twitter and giving them shit be like, why are you going for Wembley Stadium for your first event? It won't sell out. It'll be you'll do shit. And well, yeah, it I seems think, to I think, be doing well. Yeah, it seems to be, yeah, and it's not even on general sale yet. So, um, yeah, I was literally sat here at fucking 8.15 in the morning like, right, bastard, I will be getting my tickets. But what was great was I was like, it was like 2,000 plus in the queue, and then it went like to 1,300 really quickly. Then it went to like seven. I was like, oh shit, this is going well quick. That's all right. So, yeah, but I managed to get four seats. So I'm really happy. I'm right in the corner of the floor, but I don't give a shit. I'm on the floor. So, <laughs> you know, and I'm pretty sure it might be the other side, but I'm pretty sure it's one side Moxie likes to come out of. So it, it could be the other side, but I don't give a shit. I'm on the floor and it's going to be amazing. So, and I get to be there and experience it live in person. So it's gonna be great. I'm not trying to rub it in. I'm so sorry. That's fine. Just, I'm just, uh, I'm just no. very, very excited. I've worked my ass off, and then when this got announced, I was like, "Oh my god, they're releasing tickets straight after I get my commission." Thank you very fucking much. Because <laughs> normally these assholes release their tickets in the middle of the month. Who the fuck does that? Who releases tickets in the middle of the bloody month? No one has money in the middle of the month. Are you mental? No. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. It's, always, it's always never a good time when they release tickets. You've always got to fucking wait. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, yeah. What's been going on, man? What, what, uh, obviously, we mentioned that we've been spending some time together. Well, yes, we have indeed. Um, before we did that, I uh, I went been Rihanna and I've been working earlys and nights, you know, my usual mixed up shifts. Um, <laughs> uh, I've been to three gigs this week, two of them with you, mind. But I went to see Nana War of Steel, who we saw at Bloodstock. Just, ah, oh, they're so good. So much fun. In a tiny room as well, the O2 Institute in Birmingham. It's a tiny room. I got to see them and Tragedy, who I've listened to a couple of songs and never actually properly experienced. Again, great fun. Have you heard of Tragedy or heard Tragedy before? Nope. They do metal covers of disco songs. So they opened with tragedy, obviously, but they did songs from Greece. They did BG songs. They did fucking Sweet Caroline. I think they ended with the YMCA, and it's just yeah, it's just so much fun. The only thing I had with it is after a little while, you're like, okay, this gimmick's getting a little bit boring now. I'm just yeah. I, was like, I I I got it. It was fun for a little bit, but now I'm just like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm kind of bored of this now. So there's, and, only, there's only so many things with covers that you'd be like, oh, do you know what? Like one, one or two is great, but after a while, like Jesus Christ, I've had enough of this now. At least when Punk Rock Factory do it, they they sort of mix it up with different styles. So they got like TV themes and Disney songs. It's all mixed up, but this is literally just disco songs. I was like, okay, I got it. I got the gimmick. Yeah, it's a disco song as metal. Yeah, it's great, good fun. And it was good fun. I was just like, yeah, I'm a little bit bored of this now. <laughs> but Nana War were just phenomenal. They should have headlined in my eyes. But I've now. Me being me, do you remember ages ago I taught Olivia the Call of Cthulhu song by Nana War? Yes. I've taught her another one and she absolutely 
loves it. She keeps getting me to play Armpits of Immortals, like Tour of the Dance and everything. Like she absolutely loves it. She keeps getting me to play it for her. And yeah, it's just a great song. <laughs> but they were brilliant. And they played the one song they didn't play at Bloodstock that I really wanted them to play. And that's when she, she turned into a gargoyle. And yeah, <laughs> incredible, incredible. Um, what else have I done this week? I won't talk about the other two gigs till afterwards because we were together. We we'll talk about that together. Um, we've done an incredible interview yesterday, which was phenomenal. Like, oh, I, I swear. It's so good. Um, I went to see the kids yesterday as well, which was great fun. Took them out for the day. Um, Watching-wise, I watched Pirates of Caribbean Stranger Tides today, like I said. Picard Season 3, I finished it. I'm not going to lie. I almost cried like a fucking baby at the end of that episode. So damn. I know you don't care about Star Trek, but incredible series. Incredible series if you like Star Trek, especially for nostalgia. I love a lot of little throwbacks and nostalgia moments. Incredible. And also watch a stand-up special. I haven't watched comedy in absolutely ages. And I keep watching Brad Williams on TikTok. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go watch one of Brad Williams' stand-up shows. So I watched Fun Size. Absolutely hilarious. Have you seen any Brad Williams stuff? He's a dwarf comedian. Majority, 90% of his stand-up is about being a dwarf and living life as a dwarf. But it is hilarious. It is so funny. Like I absolutely loved it. I would love to get him on the show. I've tried twice. He's never got that to us. But I would love it. And I'm still I'm very early to 24 Legacy. I'm only on episode six. But still enjoying it. Still enjoying it. It, it, hasn't, it hasn't quite got that moment for now, is it? it was like, I'm on 24 episodes because, you know, it was that no. thing we were going Let's through. Not. Feels a little bit flat. Yeah, sorry, man. So I, I, um, yeah, it's, 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 that's cool though. I'm, I'm happy yeah, for you. It, it is good. I, I do think you should watch it though. I do think you should watch it. Yeah, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> Maybe one day. But yes, as you've alluded to, we spent the weekend together, sir, and we had an absolutely incredible time. So we certainly did. We went and saw Broken Jaw. At the flapper yeah. on the on the Friday night for the M2M ep. No, hang on, let me start again. Metal to mass. Oh my god, metal to the masses. Birmingham semi final. Uh, mass congratulations to Dead Happy and the Black Hounds. Dead Happy, I think, should win the whole thing myself. Yes, um, because they were just great, just great. Um, and it 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 definitely. I think you made a great point where it's like it breaks it up. You yes. de- like it breaks up the whole bloodstock thing. You need you need something a little bit different than just death metal all the fucking time. So. Um, yeah, because I can't listen to so much. So they were they were great. Dead Happy were so much fun. Mom has been telling me for ages to check out Dead Happy. Me being me, I'll go, yeah, well, Mom. And then I completely forget by the time I turn around. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to them and the Black Hounds. Flummoxed also played and Decimated Cross also played. All put on great performances. But the highlight of the night was Two Step Man for me. That man was just the greatest dancer I have ever seen. Somebody life. that has absolutely no rhythm, but didn't stop dancing the entire night. It was just incredible. It's great to see. We love it. We don't give a no, shit. I am not taking the piss out of this man. Fire fucks to him. He was amazing. I want his energy for a start. <laughs> and he was just loving his life. He was loving life. Oh, it was great. So just watching. It was just, I've just never seen anyone two step to death metal before. It was great. Yes, wow, they were very wide steps. Um, <laughs> they were very wide steps. 
and obviously Saturday we got to go and uh, support, well, be a part of the Sophie Lancaster Foundation at KK Steel Mills for Primordial General Mayhem 2023. We ran the stall for the first time in their history. They allowed people from outside. Well, I say outside, we are ambassadors of the foundation, but obviously they managed to do that one uprising and the uh, Whitby Ghost Festival. Um, and that was unbelievable. Uh, that was quite the experience. Thoroughly enjoyed um shelly ran out of food but still um and then i had a hundred person queue deep for the pizza oven outside uh but never mind you know it's all swings and roundabouts it's all good the night was amazing the bands were incredible yeah. um well i know you enjoyed because it, it was all dad rock um, waiting for that <laughs> but i've just seen that death is a girl are playing um a festival with marissa and the moths so next sunday i really want to go yeah of course you do um so yeah, it was great, and it was just great to meet all the people. Meet great to meet everybody. Thank you for so much for coming down, and you know, just come and say hello and pick up some merch. Uh, it was great. It was really great. It was, uh, it was, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Had a th- just had a great time. It was absolutely amazing. It was an honour to be able to represent the foundation, like Tom said, as our first outing as ambassadors, and I sort of re-enlightened something in myself when I was putting the merch out on that table. I forgot how much I love merchandising, my friend. I almost. For zero point zero zero one of a second, missed retail, almost. Who could? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, there's no way. There's yeah. just no, <laughs> no. way. <laughs> no like, thanks. It's so satisfying. Oh. But yeah, but you can just do it. Just do it for every table we put up. Yes, that's the deal. Can, yes, yeah, that's a, that's fine. That's the deal. That's the deal. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we Hates raised quite a bit of money, which is great, and it was just really happy. And, and they were so happy. It was just great to. Um, you know, it's just it's great that this little indie podcast got given got given a chance on and look where we are now. So um it's yeah, it's absolutely amazing. So everyone that came to KK's and came and said hello, you're all heroes, you're champions. Thank you so much. Um and we look forward to seeing you again in the future. Absolutely. Absolute champion. Anyway, <laughs> what have you been up to, my friend? Obviously, apart from the weekend. Apart from the weekend, yeah. So uh obviously it's been bank holiday, but because um we so Keris bought Shin by. She used her Virgin Air Mile points to secure us VIP tickets to WWE Live in Manchester on Thursday. Um, it was great, but there was just no atmosphere because the the, the box is just full of kids. So I was like, oh. So I, me and Keris were the only ones making noise and cheering and enjoying it. And everyone else just sat there. It was just so dead quiet. And I was like, ah. Oh. And then the kids started like fighting with each other. And I was like, oh, I just can't be fucking out of this. Um, so that was a little bit annoying, but there we are. Um, we decided that we won't do that again. <laughs> no, don't blame me. <laughs> no, um, but it was a great experience. It was nice. We got free soft drinks the entire time. So that was cool. Um, and I got to see Seth Rollins. So I was more than happy. And I've got a three minute video on my phone that I will never delete um, <laughs> of just singing his song. Um, so that was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, so Wednesday night we drove up to my dad's to Sheffield. So I went to see my dad. Uh, I stayed there for the evening. That was really nice. And then, like I said, we drove to Manchester. We had um, she uh, hired out an apartment for the day or the evening. Um, so we had like our own apartment, which is really fucking lovely, right next to Manchester Piccadilly uh, bus station. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was absolutely sick. So we didn't have to like it's not a hotel, so it was great. I fucking loved it. Um, and then we obviously went to see WWE. Uh, and then Friday we went walking around Manchester, went to like the Arndale, uh, went, for bre- went for breakfast at a place whose name I've forgotten, but it was absolutely unreal. Expensive, but unreal. Um, and then 
Uh, I went and got my beard cut when I was there. And then we were walking on the Arndale. Uh, did a bit of shopping, had a bit of a wonder. And obviously, the For the Love of Wrestling was in town. So I was like, oh, my God, if I bump into somebody, that would be unbelievable. And I did bump into somebody, but not from For the Love of Wrestling. I bumped into the Betfred Casino man. <laughs> who does Backstreet Boys, but for Betfred Casino. You were telling me, I, st- I don't know what this is, but I'm intrigued. So, yeah, uh, he's a proper cockney geezer dressed in yellow fur. And he does an advert for Betfair, Betfair Casino. And he had like a little stall in the Arndale in Manchester. And I was like, fucking that's Betfair Casino, man. Um, <laughs> that's how he will forever be known as. Um, so yeah, that was kind of cool. So then obviously from Manchester, we then set up went to the Trafford Centre, went for a walk around there, uh, got a delicious Ferrero Rocher milkshake, um, and then set on our way to Birmingham to come and see you. So then Sheffield, so Newport to Sheffield, Sheffield to Manchester, Manchester to Birmingham, saw you. Then we went to Wolverhampton to do the, to do the event, to go back to Birmingham, and then I got on the bus in Birmingham back home. <laughs> you did some miles this week. Did some fucking, oh, dude. And then, so yesterday I was like, right, fuck it, Monday, I'm doing nothing. I did nothing, Jamie, and the day fucking flew by. Yeah. And I was like, ah. And then obviously we interviewed Norman Neal last night, and that was unbelievable. Norman Neal, part two, boys, part two, boys and girls, uh, which will be out soon. So yeah, it was uh, just a great experience. Just loved it. Just absolutely loved it. And now here we are. Here, here we, are. we are. We're all caught up. I love it. But before we continue with this show, I think we need to check in with a certain individual. And his brand new steak cozy dropped. Ooh. All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, The Chronicles, at checkout. Oh, boys. Still the greatest advert of all time. And yes, boys and girls, there was a brand new Stay Cozy drop, new hoodies, new tees, and now mugs. Yeah. I, I don't need any more mugs. I keep telling myself this every time I look at them. I don't need any more mugs. I really want those mugs. 31 different styles of mugs. 31 mugs. Amazing, right? Yeah, I incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Obviously, Braden dropped a brand new song. It's a cover uh, of a rap song called Favourite Song, and it's incredible, and you need to go and listen to it, like, now. Before we head up the brand new the, the new segment, just go and go and check it out right now. And while we're waiting, Jamie. Yes, sir. It's time for Callum's Treatments. Yeah, it is. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's Treatments. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Right, Callum is back once again. Preach the nazione and Jamie. Mm-hmm. Should, we get, should we get started? Oh yes. Oh yes. What what is Callum Trichiners this week? You'd have thought at some point we'd have adapted to the sounds of snoring and found them soothing. <laughs> it's, yeah. Yeah. Because... Um, ev- yeah, wife and people who were in the house, like Olivia. I should be soothing you. Not keeping you awake. 
Yeah, it's uh, Keras is bad for it, but I know I do it when I'm tired. But it's really nuts how we haven't, ad- like he says, we haven't adapted to that sound, even though we hear it all the fucking time. It's so crazy. Is it because of the volume of the noise, maybe? Is it because there's some sort of sequence or frequency in the noise that makes us go, bing? Um, I don't know. It's kind of nuts. But it, yeah, my, my dad and my sister, fucking hell, measure about 8.9 on the Richter scale. <laughs> I suppose because it's not really a soothing sound. There's all sorts of different levels of it. People make some weird fucking noises in their sleep. Like some people sound like dogs. I'm looking at you, Claire. Um, <laughs> um, it just people make some weird noises in their sleep. You're looking very confused. She's got a sleep recorder thing on her phone to measure her levels of sleep, and she played me a clip of her snoring, and it literally sounded like a dog barking. Like, it is the most terrifying sound I've ever heard in my life. What? I just... Is she not a werewolf? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Maybe she's a werewolf. I had a vision of her going like... <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much like that. Does she always have a lick round? Let's have a little lick round. The features are flexible. Um, <laughs> I just mean like, yeah, I know. I'm joking. But, oh, sorry. Yes, that just went right over your head, didn't it? <laughs> but yes, snoring. How have people not adapted to snoring yet? It's nuts. She's gonna kill you, isn't she? <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> this was a great last episode, guys. Um, <laughs> There's so many interviews that we still got to release that are fucking incredible, <laughs> and you'll never hear the they'll never hear the light of day. Um, oh. It is it's 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 really weird because if you lie on your back, obviously your mouth is going to naturally hang open. So yeah. there's another one as well. Like, and I'm pretty sure that's my I'm pretty sure that's mine. That's my category <laughs> that I fall into. Um, I wonder how people don't snore. I think that's even more mental. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Like, Olivia doesn't snore, and it really freaks me out because I go check on her, and I'm like, I have to, like, make sure she's still breathing because like, she makes no sound in her sleep. I was like, are you alive? Yeah, hey, you're, you're, thing, okay. you're okay. You're okay. I'm going to leave now. I, 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 that's what, weirdly, I kind of like snoring in a weird sense. Not like, <laughs> but, you know, just, just like a light noise. Just so you know everything's okay. So it gives you peace of mind. Yeah. I put the rain sounds on. I put the rain sounds on. I just listen to that every night. It's great. <laughs> I can't. I can't do that. I find that sort of stuff really annoying. Like people that listen no. to whale song. I'm like, no. People that listen to podcasts and watch TV at night that annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> so I'm just I need to sleep. I need to put TV on though. And it's like you know the fucking bright white light. Like cool. Well, I'm not sleeping then. Anyway, we'll move on before I start fucking getting Vietnam flashback. <laughs> Jamie, what else is Callum Trichinus this week? Deaf people will see far fewer helicopters than people who can hear. (laughs) (laughs) You reckon there's even a sign for helicopter? (laughs) And they go... That has got to be one of my favourite ever Trichinus. (laughs) Just point, just point <laughs> one's going by, and they go. I, what the? You literally hear that noise. We used to go, oh, helicopter. 
Oh, I feel really sorry for deaf people now. I did anyway, but even more so now. I didn't get to see helicopters. Is it that? It's got to be. I really want to know now. Yeah. <laughs> Is it that? Or, hang on, I can't do it. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> we love deaf people. They're absolutely amazing people and we oh, respect them highly. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. incredible people. Yeah, that is. <laughs> anyone that makes a whole brand new language up with their with their hands, like I salute you. Incredible. Absolutely, that is phenomenal to be able to do that. Like I know a girl who can do sign language, and fuck me, I don't know how she how she learns it all. Like I struggle to speak, let alone when we do it with my hands. And right, um, no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Callum make a great point, and I don't think that needs touching, to be honest with you, because no. um, I don't want to be pissing up or upsetting anybody. Well, I don't, I don't want to piss anybody off. I don't want to go anywhere near it. I, I don't want to touch it. It's just, it's gold as it is. And we'll leave it it's there. gold. Let's just leave it. It's gold. Hell of a treat. So we'll move on. And finally, Jamie, what else is Callum treating us this week? At some point, the detail of drawing a penis goes from graffiti to actual porn. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's actually rare. What is the obsession with drawing penises on things? I've never understood. Oh, yeah. At school, all the time, it would be like, but you'd always do like <sighs> the phallus bit, and you'd always do that little set and the line, and then the little spunk things. Then balls started to come into it with hairs on, and you're like, I was say, you got to draw the hairs on the balls. Got to draw the hairs on the balls. And now, all of a sudden, yeah, it's getting like crazy. <laughs> it's like, do I draw something? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Uh, what can I draw? What can I? I could draw a star. I could draw a house. I'm gonna draw a massive fucking cock. <laughs> Why did you start super bad? But <laughs> never seen it. So can, oh, uh... the main character in it is obsessed with drawing dicks. So it's just tons of them. Uh, but that is. But what is the line? That is the question. What is the line between? Ha ha ha! I'm drawing a dick, and this is fine art, ladies and gentlemen. This is a penis. You know, talk about art real quick. I don't get it. I've oh. never fucking got it ever. Art. I don't understand why someone looks at something that's been painted and goes, as you can see, he was feeling very emotional. Yes, you can see, you can see <laughs> with the way that the lines wave that he was definitely feeling some dark feelings. There's a bit of depression in there. You can see that. Yes, it just it moves me. It moves me. So you look at a dick going like, oh my god, I'm fucking soaking. Has anyone got a towel? <laughs> Like, oh my god, look at that massive cock that I can't ride because it's painted on or drawn. <laughs> uh, like, that is a pornographic dick right there. I tell you that right now. Is it a stage? Is it stage? So, it's like graffiti when you're in school, then when you get older, now it's like, oh, it's, a, it's another creature. That's a beautiful creature. That is really, we really <laughs> put it in the tate. <laughs> that is a. Beautiful penis, ladies and gentlemen. Beautiful penis. Look at the details, the veins. <laughs> Everyone in an art gallery staring at a giant painting of a cock. The thing is, though, Jane, the thing is now, it wouldn't surprise me. Oh, no. When it's... people, fucking modern art, put a fucking chair in the middle of something and go, oh, my God, have you seen this? Unbelievable. You can feel the, the way pain. The chair... 
the way the chair is slanted it just shows that that joy that happiness that comes from from within and then the way the wood is finely like sanded over the top by the way the person who made the chair made it not the person who put it as art the way they've blended over that that little part of the top there you see where the the legs come down it's just like the way the legs move down just shows that like it's a body of a woman the way that it's stroked softly and in silk like fuck off are you for real like seriously (laughs) it's the ones who do that as well they're like it's a representation of modern society and culture i was like to fuck a chair what do you want about like uh? that i I want someone to put a massive middle finger in there and it's like what's that represent oh fuck the tories (laughs) (laughs) that's the representation i get from that and I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't give a shit. Fuck the coronation. I couldn't give a flying shit about it. Why you want to give a fucking man-child way more money than he already has anyway, where people are starving, there's kids not getting education, fucking... I, I, it, ah, winds me up. So yeah, I'm going to leave it there, but I don't give a fuck about the royals. I don't give a shit about the coronation, and we need to fucking sort this country out because it's coming at the worst time. Defund the monarchy, motherfuckers. Defund the monarchy. Woo! Anyway, can't protest get arrested. Uh, I fucking hate this country. Let's move on. <laughs> Thank you, Callum. Thank you for your wonderful treatises. I do apologize for my little rant there. It really got on my fucking tits. So I don't know how we went from penises to the Tories to the Royals, but here we are, boys and girls. <laughs> Did you see those two women that are waiting outside already? They got there uh? Saturday or Sunday that are waiting us at Buckingham Palace. Get in the fucking sea. Why? Go and swim out. Just just don't just, just don't come back. Anyway, um, sorry. 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 Jamie. Yes. It's time for Tom's journal. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Welcome to the edition of Tom's Journal. Jamie! Yes, sir. Oh, my God. I just found out that Spinster used to be reserved for women aged 23 to 26. And after you turned 26, if you were unmarried, you became a thornback. How (laughs) fucking great is that name? That's an incredible name. If you're not married by the age of 26, you're a thornback. That is incredible. It is. Do you want to know the rest of them? Yeah. After 26, Thornback. After 36, Doomwitch. After 46, Henge Queen. After 56, Liberated Pain Mother. After 66, The Unburdened Empress. After 76, Red Mary. Outside time and space, the unmaker of the bonds of heart. Destroyer of the labyrinth. Obliterator of man. At age 84, Judy Dench. <laughs> I was going to say these all sound like comic book villains and they went, Judy Dench. <laughs> oh. So good. So, so good. Also, and I know you're going to love this, the internet has won it again. Okay. I refer to testicles as wonkers because they're in between a willy and a chocolate factory. 
That is beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> From this day henceforth, testicles will be known as Wonkers. Yep. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, how do I tell my boyfriend that I want him to scream at me like I'm in bed with Gordon Ramsay and I'm a little chef just ruined a creme brulee? <laughs> <laughs> what are you? You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm an idiot. You're an idiot. Sandwich, aren't you? You're a fucking idiot. Sandwich, little dirty fuck little fuck. You, <laughs> you dirty little sous chef. <laughs> You've ruined that risotto. Um, so... <laughs> That's what he says as he finishes. It's burnt. <laughs> Oh, I did not want to think about Gordon Ramsay dirty talking. Another one for you. Carpe that demon! Seize the dick! Or whatever that Latin guy said. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, carpe that demon and seize the dick. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to clarify because that was what I heard. <laughs> oh, incredible. Jamie, candles are how we keep fires as pets. <laughs> and this is unnecessarily adorable. Does this mean I can tell the wife when we go to Ikea you're not buying any more pets? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Never forget, Jamie, never forget that in 1861, Charles Darwin wrote in a letter to a friend, but I am very poorly today and very stupid and hate everybody and everything. Because this is my favourite reminder that we can do great things, even if we feel like sad little potatoes sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) He actually wrote sad little potatoes. No. I was going to say. The quote ended at everyone and everything. Okay, but that is great though. Regardless. <laughs> and same as Uh We should try spicing things up in the bedroom. Me. Mm, good idea. Later on that night. Uh, uh, love, what's this in the bed? Me seductively. Rika. I don't know why I had this feeling you're gonna fucking say paprika. Of all the spices, paprika is the one that came to my head as well. <laughs> Do you remember we did the animal and shit and the referencing in the English language a while back? So it was like animal shit and what it meant. Yes, 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 yes. I've now got a longer version. Oh god. To be truly fluent in English, you must know your shits. Dog shit, very poor quality. Bullshit, not true. Horse shit, nonsense. Ape shit, rambunctious. Bat shit, insane. Chicken shit, cowards. Rat shit, poor quality. No shit, obviously. (laughs) Holy shit, mind-blowingly unbelievable. Hot shit, very good. Dip shit, a total dumbass. Tough shit, take it or leave it. 
Jack shit, nothing. The shit, perfection. <laughs> I didn't realise how many times we use the word shit in different set ways in the English language. Phrase, isn't it? <laughs> Just like that, the shit perfection. <laughs> My husband almost fell down the stairs, and now we are in a heated debate as to whether my gasp was out of fear for his safety or excitement about a possible life insurance payout. <laughs> I feel like I'd have a very similar conversation. No. Uh, <laughs> <I do. laughs> <laughs> this also I don't know why I'm putting this out here but I'm going to somebody googled this question and this could actually be like one of the most severe killers of like in Spyville if they ever tried what does plutonium taste like plutonium has a very candy like taste it's very sour though not overly so and it is equally sweet Mm. Following the previous journal entry, interesting. <laughs> Just bolstering you up there, James. Just bolstering you up. I'll add that to the list. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. She doesn't listen to the show. Um... <laughs> I'll give you a couple more. What ideas or entries? Yes. <laughs> The manager of this gym is looking at me like he's never seen someone sit in a weight bench before to finish their hash browns. <laughs> oh, could you imagine doing that, walking into a gym and eating fast food in front of everyone that's trying to work out? Yeah, see, Mackies. <laughs> oh, I love a big, I love a big Mac. You could do it another set. <laughs> And finally, Jamie, release your inner bitches, or whatever the fuck Natasha Benefield said. I can't think what the song is now. Feel the rain on your skin. No one else can feel it for you. It's obviously release your inhibitions, but release yeah, your no, inner bitches is sounded better here. I'm just going to figure Well, due to the fact that that bombed, I'm going for the next one and do one okay. more again. Okay. We need way more music where the singer says, take him for a walk, RT. And then a guy with a clarinet goes nuts for eight minutes. <laughs> Every song needs that. <laughs> Every song. Just, just a weirdly, massively long jazz solo for no reason whatsoever. I just thought that it's not take it away or anything like it's take it for a walk. <laughs> it's fantastic. And that was another edition. Oh, Tom's <laughs> Oh, absolutely beautiful as always. That's one of my favorite. That's one of my favorites this week. One of my favorites. <laughs> I love oh, it. Absolutely love it. Thank you very much, sir. We should definitely bring that piece in there. We should oh, waste any more time. Yes. Oh, yeah. Waste no more time leaving that piece of resistance out there. Welcome to the Chronicles of Joel Harlow. The makeup is extraordinary and the way they apply it is very sophisticated and they're really good at what they do and I'm, so I'm very happy to work with them. 
Joel Harlow is an Academy Award winning special effects makeup artist. And by God, what a story, what a career, what a resume this man has. Pirates of the Caribbean, Black Panther. It's just so many to list. Hellboy. Tusk. Tusk, I was going to say. As a Kevin Smith fan, getting to talk about Tusk. I was a very happy bunny during this. But this is an incredible, incredible conversation. Oh, I love it. I'm so excited to get this one out here for you guys. It's incredible. I love this. It's incredible three times. Love it. Yes. And amazing. All in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> King of Joel. the tips. Joel, my friend, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know we had a bit of back and forth, obviously, because you're a very busy man. Uh, but it was great to get it now down. And it was a great conversation. And I can't wait for people to hear this one. So really appreciate you taking time on your very busy schedule to chat to us. And we just really hope everyone loves it because it's great. Jamie! Yes, sir! Any final words at all? Just a massive thank you to Joel. Obviously, as Tom just said, we had a bit of trouble getting this one penciled in. But we did it and it was worth it. And it's fantastic. And it's amazing. And it's an incredible. There you go. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, here... We go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's Joel Harlow. Wow. Perfect. <laughs> Jamie, away you go, sir. Let's do the intro. As long as the intro is good. Oh, right. oh no pressure. No pressure. You're in for a treat. <laughs> Hello everyone, today we bring you a very special guest. This week's guest is an Academy Award-winning makeup artist who has worked on a couple of small independent movies you may have heard of, like Pirates of the Caribbean, Black Panther, Star Trek, you know, little projects like those. Bringing to life iconic characters on the big and the small screen, today's guest has been described as one of the most innovative makeup and special effect artists in the world. How's that for a tagline? Ladies and gentlemen, Join us as we bring you the Chronicles of Joel Harlow. <laughs> oh boy, what's, what's funny is I describe myself like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I saw that quote That's from that, you. Yeah, it's great. It's making the rounds. That's fantastic. <laughs> Catching on. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm certainly, I certainly am joking. Much nice. Much so more humble than that. Throw <laughs> a bit of modesty, Joel. You're all right. He would have said the galaxy, not the world. <laughs> yeah, if I wrote it myself. <laughs> but I think um, to start off, obviously, a, a really big event happened a couple of years ago. Um, how was your like pandemic season? Like, how was that? I know it's kind of it's not really a thing anymore, but it is. But it isn't. But it is. Like, how have the last few years been for you? Yeah, what's interesting, you bring that up now, but, you know, they're about to, I mean, I think the entertainment industry was the last industry to kind of hold on to the protocols, and they're about to do away with that, you know, and, and uh, you know, we're going to be moving out to uh, Atlanta for another show, you know, I, every time I do a show, I sort of pick up the shop and we move to, you know, to a different state and, and different production we set up, and we're going to be moving into the old... Uh, health and safety building that, you know, when I was out there on uh, Black Panther, I would visit to get my nose swab. Uh, so we're going to be taking that over and making things out of it. <laughs> but I mean, you know, to get to your point, to address your point, during the pandemic, when the entire, 
you know, industry, I guess the world was shut down. Um, you know, I, I felt very fortunate because I have a studio, you know, I have a place to go. So my day consisted of, you know, waking up at usual time, which, you know, these days is like 6 a.m., 5.30, something like that, coming into the shop, just working on my own stuff, you know, building my own characters, you know, creating my own, you know, my own display pieces, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, I, I was actually having a great time, you know, because it, it's, you know, when you have the time to work on your own projects, um, usually it's between other projects, you know, for me, it's between other projects or during other projects. Um, and when you have an abundance of time to work on your own projects, when the industry isn't shut down there's always this this voice in the back of your head saying you know everybody else is working why aren't you working you know maybe the maybe the tagline wasn't true you know um, so when the entire world is shut down then nobody's working so it was almost you know it, it was you know there wasn't that voice you know there there wasn't that you know you gotta get a you gotta get a paying job you know it's like well there aren't any you know, so I can just create, you know, get back to creating like I did when I was a kid, you know, creating for the sake of creating. That's great. It's, it's great to see, you know, you turned that negative into a positive and spent time just working on yourself on things you wanted to do. Were, were you yeah. working on a production when it all shut down or were you luckily on? Off? I was. I was um, I was starting uh, Amsterdam. You know, we did some things for Amsterdam. We did, did an autopsy on Ed Begley Jr. We did, uh, there was a character patient, Wayne, who, you know, was a sort of facial reconstruction makeup. Um, we were just at the beginning of that. Uh, and then, yeah, and then everything everything stopped. Um, you know, but uh, we actually, you know, me, you know, meaning the studio started up probably earlier than most because we do a TV show called evil um, that shot in Brooklyn. Uh, and we, you know, with a crew of four or five people started building the season, you know, and, mm -hmm. and pretty far out, you know, it was a luxury, you know, it's like, you know, you know, time or, or, or uh, crew. It's like, you know, if you have a, a short amount of time, you're going to need a lot of crew. If you got a long time, you can do it with a short crew you know a, a small crew um so we had a small crew and a lot of time which was great because i got in there i was able to sculpt things myself and you know do entire characters myself um which is rare you know when you're sort of doing the clerical and uh you know the taking the meetings and all that it takes you away from strictly being creative which is why i got into the business so you know i i, I don't want to say it was a good experience because I know a lot of people suffered through that. But for me, um, you know, it, it was an opportunity to just be creative. I think a lot of people, though, took a lot of positive out of the pandemic. See, a lot of people went, what do you mean? I, I, I could do whatever I want. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, yeah. I'm going to go do this, this and this. So obviously it was, like you say, it was horrific for a lot of people. Like, obviously, we lost a lot of people and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I think people utilise that time. Because obviously, two, three weeks, max. So, you know, I'll, I'll try and utilise it. But then when it, obviously, the months and the months went on. It's like, well, I'll just go do a bit, little bit of this. I could do a little bit of that. I could I could chill for a bit. I could relax. 
So yeah, yeah, and not feel weird. guilty about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it must have been it's so like crazy. I can play video me. games all day because what the hell else am I going to do? <laughs> But I can imagine for yourself, obviously, because it's like go, 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 go all the time, that you're a bit like, uh, where's the go gone? Is the go still here? Or <laughs> Well, it was, though. It was. Because I just, I didn't stop going. I just like, okay, well, you know, I'm going for a production and I'm like, you know, then suddenly the shutdown, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to channel all that because I can't stop. You know, it's like a shark, you know, you got to keep swimming. It's like, I'm just going to go to this, you know. Here's something I always wanted to do, you know, and, you know, I, I like, um, you know, when I'm in my studio by myself, uh, this is totally a tangent, um, but I, here's another, here's a tangent to the tangent. Yeah, I, you know, when you get a sketchbook, I don't know if anybody out there sketches, I'm sure there's a lot to do. When you get a sketchbook, that's like a, a untapped potential. There's a world of possibilities in that sketchbook. You know, flip the page, and by the end, you know, hey, if I could fast forward a year, what kind of designs would be? That kind of thing. So, what, like, when you're doing a sculpture, you know, you take all the clay off, you know, you mold it, and you, all that clay that you used. A lot of people throw that away. I put it into a bucket and heat it up. And it's fun to just say, okay, well, this clay, you know, still has potential in it. You know, so I'm going to take it and I'm going to turn it, and I'm just going to start smashing it around on a head cast or whatever and turn it into something and you know i've gotten you know at least in my display area at least two characters that just came from this you know discarded you know oil-based clay you know, hair in it and pieces of plaster and stuff but you know it's there there were still these characters you know waiting to be sort of pulled out of it you know which now at a certain point you got to throw it away because it just gets it's more it's more hair and debris than it is clay at that point. <laughs> Nobody wants to sculpt in that. But yeah, I mean it's fun. It's like, you know, just having that stuff and just throwing, you know, in between things, throwing it on a on a headcast just uh yeah, just seeing what comes out of it. That's awesome. I love that. But Joel, take us back to the days of young Master Harlow. What did you want to be <clears> when you were growing up? Was it always in the world of entertainment? Or was it something completely different like astronaut i don't know no it was always in the world of energy it was always making monsters that's what i wanted to do you know i i from childhood i was sketching monsters and those sketches were in my head blueprints for three-dimensional characters that i wanted to make um yeah so it was always monsters it was always making characters you know now nowadays it, you know i don't call it making monsters i call it you know, character creation, right? Because they're not all monsters and, you know, monsters sort of, uh, you know, that depends on your point of view, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was always that, you know, and and certainly the, the place for that was the entertainment industry. You know, when I started, there were no schools for, you know, makeup or makeup effects, but uh, I enrolled in the animation department at School of Visual Arts in New York City um, hmm. because that was the next, in my head, that was sort of the next best thing to still be able to create characters, you know, make monsters because I draw them, see them come to life, you know, put them in an environment, you know. Um, yeah, it was always that, you know. And now, I mean, nowadays, 
you know, I'm, I'm shooting my own films. You know, I just shot something here yesterday and, you know, I got a fairly big shoot coming up, uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend. Um, it's packed full of makeup characters and, and, uh, you know, and that I think is sort of full circle for me because it allows me to create the character, you know, dress them, you know, the props and, you know, find what that character behaves like and who that character is under, you know, the exterior and then put that character in a, in a scenario, you know, put that character in an environment and have it react with, you know, others of you know, sort of the same ilk. It's fun. It's, I really like that stuff, you know. I was, was going to say, I know you went to, cut, to school to study animation. So, so that, was, that wasn't the original thing you wanted to do, and it was sort of means to an end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, I mean, assuming that the end was being able to create characters, then yes, that was the means to an end. Um, you know, now, I mean, you can, you know, if I, if I had my choice i would have gone into like a makeup effects program but there weren't that you know there was a class i think i took a class in times square it was like six weekends um but uh yeah i mean it was that was the next best sort of direction for me to still create you know and you know in my dorm room you know i would sculpt and you know i'd do like stop motion and you know clay animation which is a lot of sculpture. Um, yeah, but but if I had my preference, I mean, now, you know, if I was starting now, I mean, certainly I think there is probably an oversaturation of, of people doing this kind of work. Um, but there are a lot of opportunities for people that are really passionate to learn the basics, um, you know, which is great, you know, because then they take that passion, combine it with real world experience and experimentation and, you know, really become, you know, well-rounded artists, you know, and, you know, a multitude of areas um, by just pulling in, you know, by pulling in the knowledge they get from, from class and, you know, combining it with just experience and, and, you know, going down that road. It's funny how things change, like you're saying there, you couldn't find a school to go to to study this. And now you get to this day and age where you got reality shows like Face Off that was on a few years ago, yeah. where literally yeah. people are doing this on TV for everyone else to watch now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and and which is which is cool because it, it's sort of, you know, it's it's sort of, you know, I've had a sort of a change of, of perspective about that show. You know, at first I was like, well, it's sort of making a mockery out of you know what we do, and you know, being a you know, a artist, you know, in quotes, you know, I'm offended and, but I'm not, it's like, you know, stepping back from it. And I don't know if it's, you know, the benefit of a few more years under my belt, but um, it does showcase, you know, our industry, which I think is great. And, you know, maybe is, is part of the reason for more people, you know, getting into this and, you know, and wanting to get into this. Um, does set up some pretty unrealistic expectations, you know, from the production side, like, ah, you can make a, a full monster in three days. It's like, yeah, not if, it, not if you want it to look good, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, 
but I mean, it, it is cool because it does, you know, it does bring to light, you know, the creativity of what this business can be. Mm. <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I completely <laughs> forgot that show existed till about 10 seconds ago when I mentioned it. <laughs> it popped into my head. I was like, oh, that was a program, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, another great one is like, you know, the, the, like the pumpkin carving show, um, you know, and then there's like, a, like Halloween cake making, like, Halloween Bake Off. It's like, I like those shows too. It's like, you know, because it's, it's you know, again, it's like sculptural, it's creativity, it's, you know, combining a bunch of different materials, you know, whether it's, you know, icing or candy glass or, you know, a cake or whatever it is, um, or pumpkins. And, you know, uh, it, it's cool. It's, it, re- it requires a lot of ingenuity, those shows. I just love the fact. So I was just saying, there's a reality show for everything now, for literally yeah. anything and everything. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, it's we're living in a crazy time. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was looking at your career, and the earliest credit I could find for you was a movie called Killing Spree. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> your your face it. when I said that. Like, yep. <laughs> Well, I knew you were going to say that because that is the first one. <laughs> yeah, Killing Spree, I shot in Florida um, over a summer. Me and a buddy, a buddy of mine um, who, who moved out to Florida. We were friends in high school. Moved to Florida, uh, met a director, producer, writer, filmmaker named Tim Ritter, who had done, uh, a, I believe, a couple of films before that. I came out. Um, you know, we, we worked on this project where, you know, I was kind of tasked with killing seven characters and they all come back to life. And, you know, it, makeup effects were shitty, you know, but um, what was interesting is I didn't know I couldn't do it. So I did, it. you know, at this point in my career, I'd be like, I mean, aside from the quality of what I did, I, I wouldn't think that over the course of let's say a month i could do seven different very extreme death sequences and bring them all back to life it's like you know back then you go to home depot and i need this tubing and this you know here's a little bit of propoxy whatever um l bracket and i can make this guy you know get chomped by a, a lawnmower um nowadays it would it would be just so thought out that you know it would take months and you know require a a big crew and you know it would be amazing at the other end of that but um yeah i mean it was it was fun at the time it was you know sort of what you you know you can accomplish a lot of things if you don't know you can't accomplish them just by doing them it must have been awesome, though, seeing your work on the screen for the first time, whether it was shitty or great. It's just seeing what you've done must have been amazing to see. Yeah, no, it was cool. Like, you're seeing it in a video store, and I think I even get a credit on the box, you know, on the box. So, I don't know. That might have come later when I, you know, when I started working on other projects. You know, from the guy that did the effects for Toxic Avenger 2 comes <laughs> the same guy that did the effects for Killingsburg. <laughs> Uh, John, so 
with with your ideas for things for how to do like you say we're in killing spree stuff like that where do the ideas actually come from is it basically someone goes okay this is what i want from you or you go ah i know what we could do for this i know what we could do for that yeah i mean it, it varies it varies all the time um you know sometimes productions come to you and they have designers that have been working on it forever um other times you know the the fun times is when they come to you and say well you know, let's just say we have this werewolf, you know, it's supposed to be a werewolf when this guy turns into a werewolf. You have any, don't have any designs? Great. Let me design it. And, you know, which is better, I think, um, because then I can design knowing how I'm going to build. It. Mm. Um, you know, uh, um, actually, you know, that's a, in thinking about that right now, that's sort of a double-edged sword because, you know, if going back to, you know, if I don't know, I, shouldn't be able to do this, then, you know, I can do it, you know, so in designing for myself, I design for, you know, I design things that, you know, maybe are, are a little, little too limiting as I'm thinking about it, because I'm designing knowing how it's going to be made. Whereas if I'm presented with a design, or I design something that is going to exist only in a virtual world, a two dimensional world, a sculptural world, whatever, um, then, you know, I'm a little more free to to come up with characters and figure out how to make them later. You know, because you can figure anything out. You know, you can figure it all out. So I might have just uh, changed my design approach as we are talking here. This is it. Mark <laughs> this in your calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when I was doing my research, you were saying, you know, it was quite a while into your career before you were working on set supply makeup. So were you, what were you doing before, just like working in the studio, building things and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, I, I would work I would work for several companies, you know, um, around the San Fernando Valley in California. Um, uh, Steve Johnson had a company I worked for for quite a bit. Um, uh, Rick Lazzarini's company. Yeah, I mean, I would... You know, I would back in the day, I would do more practical effects stuff, you know, things that, you know, if you read them on in a script today, you instantly think, oh, that's CG. CG is going to do that. You know, guy's head melts. Ah, that's going to be CG. You know, but back in the day, it's like a guy's head melts. How are we going to do that? You know, it's going to have to have a skull and we're going to have to build it up, whether it's gelatin or some sort of you know, material, you know, I did a thing on Stephen King for the Shining uh, miniseries where side of his face melts off and it was, you know, a thick methicel and I airbrushed that and I started pumping fluid through it. And the methicel would kind of break up in sections and fall off. And um, yeah, I got to apply makeup on Stephen King. So that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was primarily working effects stuff, you know, when I was working at you know, Steve Johnson's. And then I got, you know, I would go on set, like I went on set for that Shining project and then um, ultimately got into the union, you know, and, and the, my first union film was The Grinch, you know, working for Rick Baker, uh, uh, who is in my short film and going to be in my next short film. So uh, it, it was... Um, at that point, when I was when I got into the union, I would you know I do what they call day checking, which you can go from production to production, you know, applying makeups or whatever it is. I was a prosthetic makeup artist, so 
um, you know, with going to Star Trek or, you know, the series or what, you know, going to, you know, Angel or whatever, the, you know, Buffy or something like that, applying makeups that somebody else had made in their studio. Ultimately, because I had that background, it turned into me making and applying my own makeups for productions. Um, and that's kind of where I've been since. It's all progression. Sorry. Uh, sorry, Jen. Don't worry. It's all good. The when you mentioned about the face melting, I just have this yeah. I have this envision of you walk up to somebody with like, I don't know, some effects like, well, Dad, you've got to get your face melted. You don't put anything on. No. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you go about that actual face? Yeah. <laughs> well, Stephen King, you're well, not writing another book, mate. <laughs> One of the first shows I did after the the you know after Killing Spree was a movie in Florida called Woodshop, um, and we built. I mean, this is this is this is a lesson to all the kids out there. Um, make sure you communicate with the other departments because I built this face melted guy with some gloves that looked like they were also melted um and he showed up in a tank top the gloves only went up you know midway up his forearm so i was like ah can we put something on him no he shot in this thing the whole movie it's like okay well you know this is like second movie third movie i ever did so i was like okay well let's uh let's see what we can do i mean fortunately i painted it to look like basically it looked like peanut butter and jelly so i went to the craft service table got some peanut butter and jelly and just smeared it on the guy it's like yeah it works for the shot we got the shot it works you couldn't tell where the thing was i think anybody saw the movie anyway so it doesn't make any difference <laughs> but it did work and that in it that were that was that's two lessons communicate with the other departments and um think outside the box you know you not everything, not everything, not everything you make for a film, not everything on film um, is inedible. Some of it is actually smooth. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's, it's amazing that looking through your career, like even like when you were saying the stuff you worked on when you're in the studio before you even got to work, I was like, you worked on Power Rangers the movie. I almost lost my mind yeah. when I saw that. It's like yeah. Suburban Commando. Like, what a yeah. film. Christopher Lloyd and Hulk really? Hogan, the dream team. Yeah, yeah, you did. know it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course I know. I watched that film so many Superman times. Commando. Really? There was one? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to see. But we could be here all day going through the films you've worked on. But I did want to mention the fact yeah, that you're you, really picking you're really some good. I know. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but you have had an amazing working relationship with Mr. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Where did you first work with Johnny? Was it was it Pirates? Pirates one, yeah. I well, I mean, I had worked on Dead Man back at uh, Steve's shop. Um, didn't have any interaction with Johnny at the time, but I guess that would have been the first movie that uh, I shared a, a sort of a, a film title with him on. Um, not shared, but I was, you know, I was in the credits. But, um, but yeah, the first time I actually met him was on Pirates one, uh, and and. Uh, great guy i mean you know he's he's one of those guys that cares very much about the crew and cares very much about people who you know who have less you know and and he he's very giving you know he's a warm person um can't say enough great things about him uh 
and yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to work with him on quite a few projects, you know, um, got to the point where, I mean, he had told me when we first started working together, cause not all of his, his films were prosthetic heavy, you know, productions. And that's, you know, sort of what my passion is. It's creating characters, like I said. So he told me at the very beginning, he's like, have you ever, you know, if ever, anybody ever presents a project, you, you really want to do it, you know, just tell me and, and, you know, go do it, you know, and we'll hook up on the other end of it. Um, and and uh, that project was Star Trek Beyond, you know, mm-hmm. that based on, you know, my experience on the first film, you know, uh, uh, and the success that that had, you know, both, um, you know, in the industry and for me personally, uh, I was like, yeah, this is one that I want to do. You know, I was offered Star Trek Into Darkness, um, but Lone Ranger was coming up at the same time. And I really wanted to do Lone Ranger. Very prosthetic, heavy movie. Um, still one of my my favorite films that I've done. Um so I did that and then Star Trek Beyond came up and I knew it was going to be a lot of alien characters, a lot of designing, a lot of building, a lot of um, new, like a new approach to the Star Trek universe. So I, you know, I came to him. I was like, hey, this thing came up. He's like, yeah, absolutely. Go do it. The end of that, he was on tour with his band. So, you know, there wasn't really anything to do. I, you know couldn't wait around until there was, you know, I have to keep working, got a mortgage and all that. So, uh, you know, uh, I think Logan came up after that. Um, and I was like, ah, oh, go do Logan. And then, then Black Panther and blah, blah, blah. And, and at, you know, it just sort of, you know, I was on a project and he needed a makeup artist. So I recommended my buddy, you know, he's been kind of doing uh, Johnny's project since. Um, hope to get to work with him again one day, but, um, you know, who knows? He hasn't been doing a lot of prosthetic driven films recently. So Mm. I think the last big one was, uh, probably black mass. You know, I did black mass where we turned him into, you know, Whitey Bulger. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I had a great time working with him. There's one I mean, a lot, yeah, a lot of heavy prosthetic, like Pirates, certainly, and Lone Ranger, and Black Mass, and Dark Shadows, and, you know, there was a lot, you know, a lot of, like, really big projects that I could sink my creative teeth into. You're going to have to indulge me for a minute here, because there is one yeah. project with Mr. Depp I, I have to ask you about, and it's probably not what you expect, because I am a, a huge Kevin Smith fan. And I know, I know you helped bring Gila <laughs> Point to life in Tusk. Yeah. What was that like working on that? <laughs> uh, it, it was great. I mean, Kevin Smith is awesome. You know, yes, he's he such a cool guy. Um, you know, I, 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 yeah, I hope to be able to work with him much more. Um, but the, the only times uh, that I have worked with him have been on Tusk and Yoga Hoses, you know, both with Johnny uh, playing Gila Point. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was on the first one, and Johnny was like, "I want to. I want my nose to look a little bit like a penis." Yes. So I, I was going to ask about this. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then he wanted moles. So I was like, "Yeah, let's make some moles. Let's do that." And on the day, I was like, I, "You know, I, we're, I've got like a box of things, you know, and we're just kind of, you know, the penis nose. Yes, that's set in stone. 
Um, and we're just kind of putting it together. I'm like, ah, he needs bigger eyebrows. So I took a mustache, cut it in half and stuck it on his eyebrows. Um, and then, you know, when we did yoga hosers where he, you know, reprises the character, you think it's like, okay, well now I can get real eyebrows made. Ah, no, they work great. <laughs> I'll just use that. Um, but I mean, the funny thing about yoga hosers, I don't know if, if you clocked it, but every shot or at least every scene we're moving the moles around you know it's like oh we'll take it off and we'll move it here and it's like it's just every every time you see them the moles are in a different place i've watched that film i literally watched it last week i think it was <laughs> or the week before and i did not notice that i'm getting yeah, myself yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and check but yeah the one rumor like that always came out from that film was johnny's insistence to have that nose look as phallic as humanly possible yeah and, yep. I, I love it and it's a testament to your work that you can't even recognize him. I watched Tusk and my wife and she was like, I was like, you know who that is, right? She's like, no, who is it? I was like, it's Johnny Depp. She's like, no, it fucking isn't. And she was staring at the screen. She's like, no, it's not. I was like, I can assure you that is Johnny Depp. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we had something like that on, on uh, Black Mass, you know, when he would walk around, you know, from set to trailer and all that, you know, on, uh, in Boston and Southie and you know people that had known Whitey Bulger would be like it's like seeing him again you know which is which is cool you know they printed it in the paper it's like you know James Bulger is back in Southie and, you know so that I mean obviously it's like well it's successful you know it, it's fooling people you know in, in the real world so um, you know that's one of those sort of you know Pat yourself on the back moments. It's like, oh, thank God we pulled it off. Because that was not easy. That was not an easy makeup. No, it's like each one of those, you know, we had like a silicone uh, prosthetic from right under his eyes to about midway on his head that would then blend into a wig. That front piece had to be, the hair had to be punched in it every day. It was like to get one of those one of those pieces done and the eyebrows were punched, the hair was punched. Yeah, end of the day, that all goes in the garbage when you take it off. And each one of those, I think the hair punching took 18 hours, something like that. And by the time they greenlit the look, we're like three days away from shooting. So we could not afford to have one misfired piece. We had to use everything that came out of the mold. That's unheard of, you know. Because you don't get a perfect run every time. As a matter of fact, rarely do you. Um, so, but we had to make it work, you know. And, and fortunately, we made it through, you know. But a lot of hours and a lot of stress, you know. But uh, yeah, that, it was good. That is mental. Just yeah. going back to the Lone, the Lone Ranger really quickly. Um, yeah. It was almost dropped. It was almost dropped, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had started and stopped it once before. They built the town and then shut it down and tore the town down. So they had to rebuild it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we were, you know, we were up against it, um, you know, as far as uh, budget goes. But, yeah, I mean, that that's still, there's some, there's not a character in that movie that is not, covered in some type of makeup whether it's character makeup prosthetic you know um there's no glamour makeup in it you know dirt makeup you know 
facial hair pieces, whatever it is, it's, it's really, there's, you know, we had working effects when, you know, when uh, Badge gets his heart cut out and, you know, Bill Fickner's, you know, um, uh, dental piece, you know, it, there's a, there's a lot of stuff in that movie. That's incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, but like, but moving on as well, just quickly, you mentioned that you're part of the Black, the Black Panther series, uh, the Black Panther movies. Um, whose idea was it to put all them little dots on Michael B. Jordan? Because that must have taken fucking ages. It was, yeah, it was pretty extensive. Um, uh, I mean, it was Ryan's idea. I mean, each one of those represents a kill, right? Yeah. That, that's, that's the idea. Um, and we had a different version at the beginning that was more ornate. You know, more like more ornate scarification. It was like patterned. Uh, it, we had tested on Michael, but um, you know, Ryan felt that it shouldn't. You know, it shouldn't be that. It should be, you know, almost like hash marks. You know, on a on a wall or something, a notebook or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of plotting. You know, to figure that out, we had a body cast and you know, plot out sections, and then you know, you sculpt them nowadays. Or would just grow them in the computer, you know. I'd, I'd use one of these guys and print them out, you know, in sheets, you know, mold those and then use those as your transfer pieces. But yeah, it, it was uh, it was extensive. And then you know, of course, he's fighting, you know, in them, and he's fighting in the water. And there's a lot of abrading that's going on, and it's in Atlanta in the middle of summer, which is extremely hot <laughs> and extremely humid. Um, so it's, you know, once you get the makeup done in the morning, you spend hours and hours getting it ready. Your day is just beginning at that point because now you've got to maintain it, you know? So by the end of the day, you're just, you know, and then it took, you know, it took forever to get these things off. We had to take him into a sauna and there's like five guys scrubbing him in a sauna, you know, to get these, uh, you know, these prosthetics off him insane because i imagine weather yeah. plays a massive part as well and it's obviously yeah. uh your surroundings everything like that as well as see with heat whether it be water etc so i mean fair play to joel because my patience uh, I, I don't have a lot of it so <laughs> <laughs> to do what you do i would last about two seconds and then knowing that you've got to do it the next day and the next day and the next day it's like it almost becomes like you know when i get a makeup done and you know i take pictures i take video you know it's like i finish the makeup and you know i i get stills of it you know i try to shoot everything as professionally as possible um once i'm done it's it's like okay i did it you know i've, I've done it you know I, I i did the makeup and then you have to do it again and then you have to do it again and you have to do it again and again and again and again you know like whitey bulger it's like you know, whatever, 40 some days of makeup, you know, David Harbour is Hellboy, 50 some days of makeup, same makeup over and over and over. Um, it gets, yeah, it gets monotonous. Uh, I remember on uh, uh, Pirates 2 and 3, I was doing still one of my favorite makeups I've ever done, the makeup on Stellan Skarsgård, oh. Bootstrap Bill. Um, I would change the color palette every day. He's like, okay, he's going to be a little more green today. And today we're going to go a little more yellow. And today it's a little more purple, you know, and I just kept changing. It. You know, it's like certainly the bullet points have to be there. Starfish is orange, whatever it is, you know, but you never know that. 
you know, and, you know, the, as long as the prosthetics all go in the right place, you, you'd never know that it was different. The lighting. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but, you know, I was moving moles around Gila Point's <laughs> face and you didn't notice. I'm gutted for that. that. I, I'm obvious. kicking myself for that. I really am. I'm, I was too encaptured in Johnny's performance, clearly. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah, well, that's easy to do. <laughs> You were saying then on Black Panther, like the the fights in the water and like affecting the prosthetics. Wakanda Forever, then the sequel, that must have been an absolute nightmare because ninety percent of that film's in water. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it is. It, anytime you're dealing with water, and, and you know this happened on the pirate films too, kind of just in a different sort of a uh, um, different way um, because we were shooting on the water. Um, but anytime you're dealing with water, it's the water does what it does. You know, you can't control it. You think you're going to control it. You can try to control it. You know, it's, it's going to tell you what it's going to do. You know, if you're trying to set up a shot with a boat and this boat's in front of it, it's like, good luck. You know, um, <laughs> you're going to be trying to do that for a while. Uh, and certainly that's what it was on, on the pirate films, but, yeah, on, on Wakanda, you know, shooting in wave tanks and, you know, you've got your telekineal that are, you know, painted blue with gills and, you know, these ornate prosthetic gaskets that we did and, you know, 3D printed resin ears and piercings and things. And so you're losing pieces all the time. And then you got to go in the water and go get them, you know, or you or go in the water with a, a duplicate and, and fix it, you know. Because there was such a short amount of post time by the time we finished that movie that the you know I was trying to get as much done in camera so our VFX pro producer didn't you know didn't pull all his hair out you know trying to you know clean up little lines of blue that have rubbed off but sometimes you can't avoid it you know you got you know these stunt people up you know, 15 feet in the air, you just can't get to them, you know, just tell script supervisor, hey, you know, that's going to need cleanup if you see it, you know, report it to the script supervisor so it's in the notes. You've won some amazing awards over the years, including, of course, as you mentioned in the intro, the Academy Award for your work on Star Trek. Going into that project, was there like an additional bit of pressure when it comes because you're redesigning, redesigning like classic characters you're redesigning the romulans you know that yep. it's a classic star trek character was there pressure behind that or was it just another day at the office well i mean not so much for the romulans but designing and sculpting spock's ears there is pressure yeah. involved in that. yeah there's a you know there wasn't external pressure it was just internal pressure you know, having been a fan of, of Star Trek and now, you know, working with Leonard Nimoy and, and him giving me notes on what the years should be and a little bit in and, you know, a little bit forward and, you know, so they don't look like elf ears. Um, he, I mean, you know, who knows those ears better than him? Um, so, you know, I would take his notes and I would add the age into them, you know bring them back, you know, we'd mold them, bring them back, apply them, you'd make more notes. I think I did five versions, happy to do all of them because I knew that this is a, a look that we want to get right, you know, and, and uh, fortunately, I think we did. Um, he was happy, so I know we did. 
but that, yeah, that was like, uh, you know, yeah, generations that love that character. And, you know, you sort of take all that on yourself. You know, you don't want to let them down. Yeah, go in there. I yeah. love the I love the fact that like, I wasn't concerned about redesigning this major character, but getting a pair of ears right. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, because the Romulans, <laughs> you know, certainly the Romulans. It, it was funny actually um, doing the test makeup for those because JJ said right off the you know right off the start of the the build that he didn't want to do foreheads. You know, he'd seen a lot of bad foreheads. Mm. Like, okay. Let's figure out how we're going to do what we're going to do, you know. And I was like, I'm going to do a forehead, you know. I'm just going to do it differently, you know. I'm going to do a different, different approach to this. It's going to be silicone, not going to blend where you think a forehead would blend, which is sort of right in the crow's feet area. It's going to blend down onto the cheek, so you're not going to be looking for an edge there. Um, punched eyebrows, so it looks like you're looking at skin. Uh, and we did that, you know, and, and showed it to JJ and he was like, it's fantastic. What am I looking at? And I'm like, well, it's a forehead, but it's this and this and this. And he was like, this is it. This is the look for the character, you know, for the, for this group of Romulans. And it's a great look. They look phenomenal. They really did. I loved, I loved the redesign in that movie. It's great film it was fun and working with eric banner was a blast yeah i was gonna say because yeah, he's a comedian you know eric banner's a comedian you know he's a great action star but he's also a very funny guy so working with him i had a lot of fun i think i'd just be asking him questions about chopper all day if i was in the room with him to be honest <laughs> <laughs> but not only did you redesign the romulans you redesigned hellboy as well that yeah, must have been yeah. quite because that Ron Perlman movie was huge. They were loved, but yeah. was there pressure in that because you're going in, you're redesigning this oh, character? Hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's still pressure. In there. <laughs> <laughs> still, um, now it's done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I love the Ron, the Guillermo del Toro uh, Hellboy. You know, I love the look of it. Um, it's it's very stylized and you know it 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 feels like you're watching a, a you know a comic book um and i love that when i and i didn't want to you know i didn't want to try to compete with that when we were doing ours so you know i pitched him being sort of a like more grounded reality kind of character you know with you know facial hair and like stubble there's a couple of scenes where he's got stubble and and uh you know he's dirtier you know he's got scars you know he's got hair on his chest on his arms you know um just bringing you know like you know weird skin tags that kind of thing bringing that sort of real world aspect into it is is how i thought i would set us apart from you know, the brilliant work that had been done before. Um, but yeah, it was a blast. You know, I, I you know, I love, uh, you know, I love Mike Mignola's, you know, character. And, you know, I got to know him on that film. So that was a, a plus, you know, but yeah, creating, creating Hellboy was, uh, was very stressful because, you know, everybody wanted, you know, as did I, the Ron, the third Ron Perlman Hellboy, third Guillermo movie. 
Um, I wanted that too, but that wasn't going to happen. So what am I going to say? No, <laughs> it's like, all right, well, you know, it's like, I, you know, I'd love to eat filet mignon every day, but you know, we, there's no more filet mignon. So, you know, let's try, you know, let's try pizza. You know, not that I'm equating our work to a pizza, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's, it's still dinner. It's just a different dinner. <laughs> And pizza can be delicious. Oh, hell yeah. Pizza is absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> it talks about, obviously, the Toxic Avenger 2 uh, and all the movies, The Killing Spree, if he did at the beginning, and obviously moved, yeah. and then he went to Star Trek and Black Panther and whatnot. Technology, obviously, has advanced like tenfold yeah. over the over the past few years and whatnot. I mean, has it made your job easier, or is it, does it now give you that word to be like, I can do pretty much anything I want? Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's done both. I mean, it's really opened up possibilities and made the job. I don't know if I'd say easier, but just more uh, more possibilities of approach. Yeah, I think um, digital printing, like you know, for example, on on the first uh, Black Panther, you know, we did Denai's head stents. You know, she's got a you know, Denai's got a, a as plays a Koye, has a tattoo on her head, you know, shaved head tattoo. On the first Black Panther, that was all done by hand, um, you know, with the glue transfer system and all that. Um, on this one, I was like, you know what? It, it, and it took like three and a half, four hours to do that makeup every morning, another hour to take it out. She's so, you know, five hours in the chair for Denai. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to put her through that. This time we got a scan of her head, uh, a color scan from the first movie. So we took all that information, extrapolated that and did a series of stencils. So what that allowed me to do was just overlap the stencils and airbrush the tattoo on. So got the timing down to about 45 minutes application all in. And then removal was like 10 minutes. And oh. she didn't have to shave down to her scalp. You know, so you didn't have like razor burn or ingrown hair, any alike, anything like that. Um, you know, that can be extremely painful. She could leave a little bit of stumble because you'd never read it. You know, it's not like we were putting glue on her head, which you would read. We were just airbrushing over it. And it worked out great. I and bet she, she loves you. So happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she was very happy. She was very happy. I love it. You mentioned it briefly earlier, and I don't think we can talk to you about your career without mentioning Star Trek Beyond. You know, 56 alien designs. Yeah. That is insanity. Yeah. As someone that loves character design like yourself, was this exciting or was this, holy shit, I have to design 56 aliens? <laughs> no, no, it was very exciting. It's like certainly we had our main alien characters you know and then we knew we had to design some background characters because there were big sequences um and it got to the point where we were just coming up with cool designs you know we'd present them and justin lynn who directed would be like yes let's do that let's do this um that this guy can be here this guy can go there and by the end we used all the designs and i remember we were up in vancouver which is where we were shooting um and my wife came to me and she was like, you realize you've got 49 aliens in this movie. And this is the, this comes out on the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. 
looked like it would be a great talking point if you had 50 aliens. I was like, oh, we got to get 50 aliens. So, you know, we do, we made another alien, you know, so we got 50 and then we just kept needing more, you know, and I'm, you know, I always travel with a lab, you know, I've got a studio with me wherever I go because I want to put as much into a movie as possible. So if, if there's time, I'll just keep building things, you know, production value, whatever, uh, more characters, different characters, um, and try to get them into a project. So that one, yeah, we were lucky. We, we had the time and the opportunity to keep throwing more characters into it. Not that you see them, you know, like all 56 of them ever that closely. You see a bunch of them, but not all of them. Um, so then, you know, there was a book that came out. Fortunately, a book that came out. Mm. Um, Titan Books did a, uh, uh, a volume on all the characters we did and the designs and all that, Excellent. which is fun. Yeah. And some the designs, they're stunning. There's two that have always standed out to me when I watched that film after it came out of the cinema. I was like, Jesus, they looked amazing. And that's, uh, is it Sill? And when the back of the head opens up? Yeah, yeah, that's so. Yep. That is stunning. Like the intricate work and how it crossed it, absolutely stunning. And the one that got me was Crawl, because if it wasn't for the voice, you would have no idea who is under that makeup. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That whole film, I was waiting for him to turn up. I was like, where is he? I know he's in this film. I was like, oh, it was him the whole time. <laughs> it's yeah, amazing. It's starting to get more human. It's like, wait a minute, in the last version, you can see him in there but yeah the beginning it's like there's no way i had absolutely no idea it was him it is absolutely amazing and i keep saying cool. him because his name has gone from my head for some reason idris oh, elba that's the one thank you very yeah, much yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i just saw him at the uh, the awards the academy awards that you know about a month and a half ago a month ago so I love cool. all these name dropping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That is totally name dropping. <laughs> we can erase that part. <laughs> I was at the Academy Awards and I saw Richard Albert. <laughs> so cool. Absolutely. Your life is just nuts. Absolutely nuts. I, how did yeah. you actually get involved with like like Disney for the Pirates and then obviously Star Trek and then Marvel? How did they do they approach you? Would you have to audition for that sort of thing or? Um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, I, I mean, a, a, a lot of it, a lot of sort of doing my own projects came because of Johnny, you know, because when I started working with him, you know, I, I would I would talk to productions as if I, you know, I would then, you know, department head and if there were prosthetics, I would do that as well, um, just because they knew I could do it. Uh, yeah, it. it you know, I, I have a feeling that if I hadn't have had the opportunity to work with Johnny like I did, that I may not be where I am right now. You know, like I might not be in the position to, you know, where productions are like, hey, here's, you know, here's this. We know you can department head it as well as build it. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, fortunate, you know, on a multitude of levels. That's awesome. But at the end, of but the I day, mean, you still have to audition for. Th I mean, still now. I mean, there, like I said earlier, there's so many people doing this kind of work that you know there are still times when you have to present ideas and sell yourself and all that. 
um, that, you know, I you know, I don't mind doing that. Um, but most of the time they, you know, they, it, it, it'll start, you know, whether I express interest in something or my agent brings me something or whatever it is, um, it just kind of goes from there. You okay. know, and if you have a relationship, certainly with production companies like I do with Disney and, and Marvel, um, you know, or producers like, um, you know, Barry Waldman or Jeffrey Chernoff, you know, they, they will come to me with projects, you know, because they enjoy working with me and I enjoy working with them. It just makes it easier. Absolutely. And I can also imagine when you, if you are additionally black, have you not seen Black Panther or such, you know, you know, those massive <laughs> fucking films or Pirates of the Caribbean? No? Okay. <laughs> you want my audition? Here it is. It's a DVD copy of Star Trek Beyond. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to make it clear that I don't, yeah, I mean, no man is an island, right? So, it, you know, when when you say I did, it's like I, you know, I always make it a point of giving credit to my crew because I would not be here, you know, without them. You know, they're the ones that keep the ship, you know, above water. You know, especially when I'm handling, a, you know, I mean, I can't sculpt everything myself or mold or paint or, you know, you know, I, I did over the pandemic, you know, I got back into doing all that stuff myself. But, you know, on a production, there's no way, there's no way. And I wouldn't want to, you know, it's like the crew is, is family, you know, so it, it's comforting to have them around. And, you know, we all take the burden, you know, when we take on a project. It must be amazing, like a little proud Papa Bear moment. You know, you've got this crew of people and you see the work that they've done, like you've helped them along the way to see what they can now do. That must be an amazing feeling. Yeah, no, it is. And and they, the, you know, they help me along. But, you know, it's like I pick up, you know, because a lot of these guys bounce around the different studios and they've all got different techniques. So, you know, as a sculptor, you know, which is what I enjoy when I see somebody else sculpting, you know, different techniques or whatever, you know, it, it's, it's cool. You know, it's like, I pick up stuff from them constantly. <laughs> You'd lean yeah. over the shoulder. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. stealing that idea. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of a free flow kind of, you know, you know, tips and tricks, you know, and technique, you know, sharing environment. I love it. It's amazing. You're saying before, like sometimes you have to audition for projects. Is there any particular projects that you went for, like that you didn't get? You're like, damn it, I really wanted that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Renfield just came out, you know, here, um, and I had done a bunch of designs for Renfield, and it, it just it didn't time out mm. um, because I was, you know, Black Panther shooting schedule had extended, so. I wasn't going to be able to be there for the tests or the beginning of their shoot. And, you know, of course, productions want you there. It's, it, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's uh, comforting to know that the guy building the stuff is going to be there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's one, because we had some pretty cool designs. I mean, I haven't seen the film yet. Um, and then I wanted to work with Nick Cage again, you know, because, I had met him, you know, on adaptation, which is the first thing I ever department in. Uh, and, mm. you know, he, he's a great guy. Um, and I did his makeup for Halloween one year, went over to his house. He was having a, you know, a costume 
you know, party and I went over and did his makeup. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, he was fun and I was looking forward to, you know, crossing paths with him again. That's another amazing name drop. That is. I just went to the Cage's <laughs> house and did his Halloween makeup. And ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be doing that. I just wanted to do some good stories. It's great. It's, that's the great. Best. Keep, keep them coming. Keep them coming. <laughs> this is this is pure jealousy, John. That's all it is. Oh, right. um, I want to go to Nick Cage's house. <laughs> Was there ever like a design you? look you made you were like really proud of you handed it to the director and were like no i don't i don't want to go with this like let's let's try something new uh i mean that happens a lot yeah that that happens more than you would think because you know being a monster guy you know you 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 live this stuff constantly you know um and unless you have a, a director that sort of knows that world and we're talking about you know let's just say heavy prosthetic makeup stuff or creature suit stuff um it's it's easy for them to sort of go safer you mm. know uh you know that's how i'd put it yeah i mean yeah i mean it happens you know more than you think which is you know why i i started doing my own films you know because if i'm the director I don't have to second guess myself. That's you know a great I mean? point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, a great project, uh, you know, one of the, my favorite projects of all time is uh, uh, this TV series I do called Evil for uh, CBS and it's on Paramount. Plus, um, we were just now wrapping up. I think we got like two weeks left in season four. And that movie or that series is like a tour de force of, heavy concept heavy prosthetic creature demons you know animatronics you know um, monster suits you know working effects it's pretty much a a sizzle reel of what my company does you know in in you know episodic form uh and i love working with i mean those guys are great to work with robert michelle king um because they let me explore ideas that i've had since i was a kid I, I i'll go to my old sketchbooks that i did in high school and junior high and you know as rudimentary as those designs are there's still designs there and i'll pull those out and rework them and say hey how about how about this and 90 percent of the time they'll be like yeah let's do that we'll do that for the finale you know That's so amazing. it's 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 yeah it's it's a creative smorgasbord for me you know it, 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 if i only did that show i would be happy you literally segued beautifully into what i was gonna because i was just about to ask you about evil funnily enough yeah all right i thought <laughs> you were gonna ask me about smorgasbords <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's that's not no, um Right well. I was going to say, because you've, you've delved into the director, producer, writer type role, obviously, with um, Old Time Radio and the horror anthology and with Evil. So uh, what made you want to dip your toe? Uh, well, I mean, I haven't I haven't uh, directed anything for Evil. or I, I've just created oh, okay. characters for it. But, yeah, oh, the Old Time Radio. Yeah, the, the Old Time Radio stuff is, uh, that's, th those are my projects. Um, but I mean, I think it, it's it all goes back to creating characters. 
you know, like we were talking about in the beginning, it all goes back to creating something that you want to see, you know, that you, you know, I always wanted, you know, and, and the, the old time radio shorts are, you know, sort of a throwback, a nod to like, you know, the AIP pictures, you know, Vincent Price and, you know, in, uh, you know, the haunted palace, that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's horror, it's, it's, it's palatable horror for the family. You know what I mean? It's so it's, it's not, you know, it's not gore, it's not torture porn, it's not any of that kind of stuff. It's, you know, it's fun characters. It's, you know, it's creepy magazine. It's like the Warren publications or Tales from the Crypt, that kind of stuff, you know, where, where there's an innocence to it, you know, a tongue in cheek to it. Um, but also pulling in a lot of like old, you know, old movie making techniques like miniature work or, you know, matte painting. I haven't done one of those yet, but I'm planning one. Um, you know, rod puppets and, you know, you know, that kind of stuff, rear projection, you know, that, that I think is, you know, it's, it's so it's, you know, getting back to your, to answer your question, it's about creating a world, you know, world building and that, you know, that is what you're kind of doing with any character, mm. you know, but this allows me more control over it. That's awesome. I do apologize for my slip up there as well. Sorry about that. Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. Yeah, maybe I will uh, ask them if I can direct one of those. That would be fun. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. Paramount Plus. I'll definitely be watching that now. <laughs> you should watch it anyway. It's a great, it's a great show. Sounds really cool. I'm going to check it out myself. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah. It's fun. It's really fun. So before we start wrapping things up, looking back at your amazing career, are there any particular looks or creations you've done that you're like extra proud of? Maybe something we haven't already discussed or something people wouldn't expect you to say, like anything that really stands out to you? Well, certainly bootstrap Bill. That that's, you know, that's, you know, right up there, if not top of the heat. Um, the Baba Yaga makeup from uh, Hellboy. Um, I was very mm. proud of. And that's one, you know, because I was finishing up Godzilla at the time in, in Atlanta while, everybody was building Hellboy here in LA in my studio. Uh, so I didn't have, you know, I didn't have the involvement in the build and the sculpting and the creating that I wished I did. Um, and the Baba Yaga makeup was one that I was able to do there in, in Bulgaria, which is where we shot in Sofia. Um, so that one in, in, you know, because I've always loved that Mason Berger makeup, you know, from oh. Hannibal, you know, and Gary Oldman. It's like that's one that's always stuck in my head. Mm. Uh, so I, I threw a little of that into it. Maybe it was unintentional, but, you know, it's always kind of up there. So it, I guess it came out <laughs> in the sculpture. I was like, oh, that's cool. This is my Mason Berger, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that those those two, I think, are you know, right up there on top of the heap. And then I've done a lot of like personal projects, like the characters for the old time radio, you know, there's an Uncle Creepy-esque character um, that I'm extremely proud of. Um, there's one for this new short coming up now, uh, Mildred Price that, you know, is on my stepdaughter. Uh, it's like this old, old woman who then accidentally 
gets killed and comes back uh, as one of the one of the three now. Um, so that that's another one that I think is going to be pretty successful. But I mean, all that stuff that I did over the the course of the shutdown, you know, we're, we're all just passion projects. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I had to say, you know, what characters, you know, that the public has seen, it would be Bootstrap and Baba Yaga. Just a quick thought before I hand over to my colleague here. Yep. With your line of work, you must see a lot of your looks recreated like by cosplayers and things like that. That must be really cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and people get tattoos of some stuff. You know, it's like I've seen tattoos of some of my characters. It's like, wow, that's cool. Like stuff that I've done as personal projects, not from films, you know, that they've just, you know, got off of, I don't know, Pinterest or something. You know, like I, I would do a lot of, I did a while, a lot of like fish creatures, you know, like Lovecraftian, you know, deep ones and, you know, denizens of Innsmouth, that kind of thing. Um, and I would see those in tattoo form and, you know, I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. That looks better than what I did. And <laughs> <laughs> now where's my money? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's really flattering when people like, you know, imitation is a you know the sincerest form of flattery. So, you Absolutely. see somebody imitating your work and and you know embracing it like that, it's really heartwarming. You know, awesome. This has been I've absolutely loved this so much, Mr. Steve. Do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest? I do, Joel. When you first started out wanting to work with monsters and creating monsters and designing things and drawing this and whatnot, to now obviously being part of some absolutely huge blockbuster Hollywood movies. Did you ever think this is where your life would go? No, I didn't plan any of this. <laughs> you know, this is all just like stumbling backwards into it. I mean, you know, I, I know that, you know, a lot of people that I work with and, you know, and people have like, this is my goal. I'll set this goal. I'll set this goal. My goals have always been, oh, I want to make this. I want to make this. I want to make it. It wasn't about, you know, the accolades. It wasn't about awards. It wasn't about the projects it, it's strictly about the characters it's like oh i want to make that character and that's that's just kind of led to you know all these other opportunities that thankfully have opened up to me um you know so i i would say that I, you know if, if anybody were asking me for advice i'd do it just for the sake of doing it you know do it because you're passionate about it and yeah don't do it because you We'll get to meet celebrities and then one day name drop on a podcast and or don't do it because, you know, <laughs> you'll win awards or get considered for, you know, don't do it for any of them. Do it because you can't not do it, you know, and if you cannot do it, then don't do it because there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people that can't do anything else, you know, because this is their passion. Um so if it's not your passion, you know, the, you know, it's eventually going to, you know, it's going to roll over, you know, in favor of those that, you know, really, you know, dig in deep. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. I've, I've decided after talking to yourself and Steve Lepore a while ago, Makeup designers are just my favorite people to speak to. I've now decided because this, <laughs> this is so much fun. I've loved this so much. 
before we let you go, do you have any plugs, social medias, things you want people to go check out? Uh, yeah, go check out. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't really do too much social media. Um, just cause I'm doing too many other things and I, I see like friends of mine do it and it seems like a full-time job, <laughs> but I do have a guy that runs a, we just, you know, maybe over the past few months, uh, have an Instagram handle and we put up videos and I'll share stuff to him and he puts it up, but I don't manage it. So it's not like a direct line to me. Um, but morphology effects, uh, morphology dot effects. One of those, um, <laughs> you know, I'll look it up, you know, cause I know collecting followers is a big deal, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's day, yeah. yeah. Morphology.fx. There we are. There we are. And there's some fun stuff on there. You know, I'll go back through my archives and send him pictures, you know, time lapses and stuff like that, and he'll put it up there. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, not to say that I don't enjoy seeing people's work. I think that Instagram is is great for, and I've gotten designers off of there. You know, it's great um, for... uh, you know, finding artists, you know, which is, is what I use it for. Um, and seeing it's, you know, in the days now where, you know, there really are no portfolios anymore. Nobody comes to a shop with a, you know, physical portfolio like they did when I was starting out. Um, you know, Instagram, social media, that's your portfolio, mm-hmm. you know, art station or whatever, you know, it's like your portfolio is online. Um, you know, and that, you know, there was a great, you know, couple of great magazines, Makeup Artist Magazine, Prosthetics Magazine, no longer, you know, no longer, you know, in, in physical publication. Um, and, you know, you can't, and that's what I would, you know, I was friends with the owners of both of those. Uh, so I would send pictures, you know, and, and my latest work would be featured in, you know, in those magazines from time to time now. There's no venue like that. There's no outlet like that other than morphology.fx. <laughs> I love it. I was going to say, I was going to encourage people to check out your website because there's some amazing pictures. Oh, yeah. Your yeah, designs yeah, and stuff over the years. Oh, it's phenomenal. I had so much fun just scrolling through looking at stuff on there. Oh, thank you. Absolutely amazing. Joel, this has been so much fun. I've absolutely loved this. Thank you so much for coming on. It means the absolute world. Yeah, my pleasure. Joel, this has been absolutely amazing, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time out. I know it's been a bit of a struggle, but thoroughly enjoyed. And we'll have to do it again sometime in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, and sorry it's been like, hey, can we reschedule? Ah. Can we reschedule? I Ah, I appreciate you sticking with me. Hopefully, though, you have an earlier night now, right? Yeah, I said that yeah, to my yeah. wife. I quite like an earlier interview. I can I actually have a bit of an eat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> so it all worked out. <laughs> you were doing us a favor at the end of the day, Joel. That's, that's how yeah, it exactly. I was trying. You know, I'm a giver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joel, it's so much focus. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Look after yourself, Joel. We'll speak to you soon. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. What a phenomenal interview. I love this one so much. And I'm still kicking to my kicking myself now that I never noticed that in yoga hoses. I need to go back and watch it again.
just that it, it was a great interview joel thank you so much again like we just absolutely loved it and just like picking your brains and learning how you did this that and the other it was just amazing and we're really looking forward to having you back on the show again in the future uh, we have to do a part two this can't be left it cannot be left where it is but we really hope that you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Dum dum. Jamie, what the fuck do you want? Dum dum. Audience participation time. Participate, bitch! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. This week, I said, following a recent discussion on the show, there's one thing that we need to know. What is your favourite topping slash filling to have on a humble jacket slash baked potato? What say you, Mr. Stevens? What was the slash again? Topping or filling? What the... Sometimes. No. The... What was that? What was that slash? <laughs> I was just feeling it. I was just feeling it. <laughs> God, I love jacket potatoes. Get a slash in there. Yeah. Um, slash the potato to get your fillings in there. I truly feel that I make some of the best jacket potatoes ever. And Ooh. that's just my opinion. And everyone that's had my jacket potatoes goes, oh my God, how the fuck do you make these? So my filling of choice that I love is chicken tikka sandwich filler. Okay. Like it, like it, like it. With cheese on top, if you fancy it. It's great with both. So with or without, shall I say. Do you warm the sandwich filler up? Just out of interest. No. No. I was just thinking you've got hot potato with cold topping. Yeah, so Matt Roberts would fucking hate it. But it's elite. It does sound good. I, I had jacket I will potato make it for you one day. So I had jacket potato with sandwich filler last week because after we had that original conversation, I was like, sandwich filler and jacket potato, that's a good idea, guys. So I had chicken and bacon sandwich filler and it works. It's good. It's very good. Although when I told my dad about it, he thought I was on about that sandwich paste you'd be able to get in those tiny jars. Like, oh, 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 what if I'm a sandwich? Let alone a jacket potato. Who fucking buys that anymore? Apparently his wife does. Why? Why would you want? Why is someone look at that and go, God, do you know what? I really fancy beef, but I want it in paste form. Like, no thanks. It's the just looking at all the little bubbles in there. Oh, 
salmon's gorgeous, but why would why would you want something so broken down that it's just like well, that was it? I, I'd rather just eat the beef. <laughs> just eat the cow. Yeah, what the fuck is like, why? Why did it broken down into into paste form? It sounds so wrong. I bet it's like I bet it's like beak and hoof. <laughs> so it's probably beak, hoof, nail, and the the quibbly wobbly thing that I can't remember what it's fucking called. Is that a bit at the top of the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and the little quibbly wobbly bit at the bottom as well. <laughs> quibbly wobbly mm, mm, Chicken base. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It meant to be just a participation answer. So I do apologize. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, let's do some answers. This is going to make us hungry. I just know it. What do you have in your jacket potato? Say again, sorry? What do you have in yours? Normally, I just have cheese and beans, to be honest. That's just the regular go-to. First off, the Sophie Lancaster Foundation answered, and I just know this is Alison. It doesn't even say, I just know it's Alison. (laughs) Langley Farm cottage cheese with chives and a shed load of spring onions. Oh, lovely, darling. It does sound very potion, very tasty. I love eating cottage cheese out of the tub. (laughs) I never got on with cottage cheese. It's great. Yeah, Not, no pie, fuck off with your pineapple cottage cheese. I like in the bin, but the rest of it's stunning. Yeah, never gone with it. Claire Jones says, that's weird timing because I just had cheese and jean, be- cheese and jean, start again, cheese and bean jacket potato. But my favourite is red onion raw with grated cheese in mayo with garlic chicken and mushrooms. Oh. I just I just got in my head now, cheese and denim. <laughs> cheese and jeans. <laughs> just Levi's in there, fuck it. <laughs> Yeah, an old American feel to it. American taste. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden, you start listening to Luke Coombs all the time. Like, what the fuck's wrong with me? What's going on? <laughs> Sunday morning. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> okay, carry on. Gemma Williams, probably considered a boring slash obvious choice, but I do love a simple beans and cheese topping with a bit of salad cream for dipping. You were with me, and I'm, 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 I'm torn on this salad cream for dipping option. I'm just on salad cream just overall. Um, because it's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I used, as a kid, I fucking loved it. Because obviously as a kid, no one wants to eat fucking salad on its own. <laughs> it, but now I'm like, really? I think I remember somebody put salad cream in a lasagna. As far I'm, as I remember. I used to know someone that eats salad cream with everything. Like Why? every meal, roast dinner, put salad cream with it. No, 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 Everything. no, no. And this isn't a child. This is a fully grown man. And one of your countrymen, may I add. <laughs> Probably got nothing to do with it, but just in case. Disappointing. <laughs> no, I like salad cream. My only problem with it is I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it's made. I know I could yeah. look, but I... I d- what is it? What? <laughs> I mean, anything classed as just cream. Yeah, yeah, be it's a just bit a bit concerned. You know what I mean, Mind you, ketchup's not a flavour. Well, I mean, it is it? Uh, ketchup's not really a tomato ketchup. So you know, it's made of tomatoes at least. But yeah, it's not. This is not the, the cream of salad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's wringing out the... the fucking lettuce and cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get the cream out of this, John. There's no cream in there's cream in salad. It says so. Why is it told me? Like wring out the tomato and, and the water everywhere. It's like, where's the fucking cream, Dave? <laughs> it says 
all right here, look. Salad fucking cream. Now, where, tell me where the fuck the cream is. Where'd you get that other sauce from? Brown. I just got it from the from brown. There you go, some fucking brown sauce for you, Dave, you prick. You told me there was fucking cream and salad, so you can have some of my brown sauce. <laughs> I can fucking quit this job, it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, tonight, you. Jesus Christ. What's wrong with me? Completely hijacked our own segment. I love it. <laughs> Lisa Clemens, sour cream, bacon, bits, and cheese. That, that sounds, sounds amazing. Nice. Get it in my face. That sounds good. I like the idea of that one. <laughs> Alan Carr, a fuckload of cheese. Fair. That, that's how you measure cheese. A fuckload. Love it. But how much exactly is the fuckload? Well, like that's that. <laughs> is it just the block? Just keep going. Like block two, keep going. I think a fuckload is when you think you've got enough, add another handful. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. 100%. Sorry, Jamie, carry on. Becky Westwood, cheese, egg mayo and cheese, chili and cheese, cheese, more cheese, a tower of cheese. You get the point. Yeah, chili and cheese sounds great. Chili and cheese does sound good. I've had chili on. Have I had oh. chili and cheese? More than likely. <laughs> uh, Ollie Nightingale, tuna and sweet chili sauce. Oh, that sounds amazing as well. That's in your, <laughs> your voice. Then you got so excited. Then. I, I did. Oh. Sorry, it's because I haven't. I haven't had any yet, so I'm a bit like that's my food in me. Um, because I ate a tuna. Cheese and barbecue chicken panini toasted yesterday, and it with Nando sauce, and I literally ejaculated everywhere. It was great. <laughs> I literally stuck Paris to the wall like a spider, like Spider Man. That's literally what <laughs> happened. It was unbelievable. Sorry. <laughs> you know when food is, you're not sure if it's going to taste great or not. You're like, I don't know about this oh, cheese yeah. and you know barbecue chicken, and then I was like, oh my fuck. Dick was up away we go. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy Marriott, butter, tuna mayo, and sweet corn, and a bit of black pepper. No, no, not, my, not for me. Not for me. No. Not oh, me. okay. Lost you on that one. <laughs> Joe Smith, proper butter, beans and cheese, and then a big old dollop of sour sour cream dip, sour chive dip, rather. What? Exactly, is proper butter. I'm, I'm assuming to... not margarine. Yeah, pretty much. Not not soft spread. <laughs> Stuff you can't put in the fridge because if you put it in the fridge, it's classified as a dangerous weapon. Because it's just that fucking. Oh, that hard. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Emily Stevens. Maisie always has beans and tuna mixed in together. That's my niece. I was going to say, so... is this your niece? Yeah, it is. Um... Yeah, I was quite shocked, but but then again, she's part of the Stevens clan, so even though she's a bull, but still, it's like, yeah, that kind of makes sense because we just eat anything. Uncle Tom needs an intervention. Tuna and beans mixed together—that don't sound right. I'd I'd probably eat that myself. (laughs) You probably would, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Phil Andre says a wedge of butter, mature cheese, chopped ham, baked beans with a couple of cracks of black pepper. Sounds Get the awesome. pepper out. What are you doing to it, Phil? Like, fuck's sake. That sounds amazing. So you ruined it with fucking pepper right at the end. 
You black pepper weirdos all here. You for black pepper, isn't it? But that sounds amazing, though, Phil. I'm, I'm down. Are you baking? <laughs> Shelly Jones. Sorry, Shelly Harris. I can't read. Cheese and coleslaw. Used to have that all the time in Spudgy Like when I worked in Cardiff. Yeah, I like coleslaw. Does it go in a potato? Though? I suppose it does because you have it for like with roasts and stuff every now and again. You know, when you have that weird dinner that's like not quite a Sunday roast, but is, but isn't, but you have salad and coleslaw rather than veg. Summertime, summertime roasts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It's that one of those. So I suppose you do have coleslaw with me. Yeah, I can see it. I can I, see it. It's I got... had chips and coleslaw with my dinner tonight, but I can't imagine it on a jacket potato for some reason. Right. Envision coleslaw. Yes. Now envision potato. Yes. And then it's put together. I, I mean, I could see it in my head. I meant taste buds. <laughs> it's because there's no fucking flavour to either of them. Yeah, that sounds a bit odd. Anyway. Unless you Ma- my potatoes. No. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. Amy Macy, tuna mayo and cheese, and then pop it under the grill to make the che- melt the cheese and finish with barbecue sauce. That's ruined it. Oh, what have we ruined it with? Sauce. Don't sauce. Don't put fucking barbecue sauce on it. It's like Paris has fucking ketchup with everything. Like why? You don't need ketchup with lasagna. What is wrong with you? No, you don't. Need it's got fucking lasagna. bechamel on it. You don't need ketchup. <laughs> oh fuck! Angry Gordon rams his back. <laughs> Oh, talk more dirty to me, Gordon. Go on. God bless you, I'll have some more. Um... <laughs> and stop just not seagulls, you weirdo. <laughs> Helen Barrett, tuna and sweet corn in mayo. In fact, that's dinner tonight. We've inspired someone's dinner. That is the effect we have on this show. <laughs> oh, I'll give you two more. Hannah Jones, the only answer is beans and cheese. Any order, any glow-ups, but beans and cheese is the only acceptable jacket potato topping. That's strong words. It's very strong words. I'll fight you, Jones. (laughs) Definitely chicken tikka filler. And last but not least, because for some reason this answer really made me laugh. It's Matt Rose. A fuck ton of butter, and then some cheese, and then some extra cheese, and then you might add some more cheese, and then just a smidgen more cheese. Really like cheese on their jacket potatoes. This seems to be like the standard. Dad, you like your what? I like my dad's answer. Oh, I can see your dad's. Another oh. potato. <laughs> <For sake. laughs> oh, that must have been put after I collated my answers. I didn't see that. I got loads more on there. That's why I was quite shocked. I was a bit like, it's got to be my dad, surely. But. No, I didn't see that yeah. one. I do Never apologize. Mind. That Never is a mind. fantastic. If I'd seen that, that would have ended it because that is fantastic. <laughs> it was great. Sorry, Matt. I don't, I'm not mean to shit at your answer. Jerry Pitcher lasted, and that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, oh. But um, <laughs> thank you so much for everybody that participated in the uh, in the participation questions, the participation challenge. Sorry, I'm losing my mind today. If you enjoy Jamie's participation challenge, Tom's journal, Callum's treachings the absolute garbage we talk at the beginning and the interview. Then you enjoy the other 83 editions of Chronicles Across the Podcast. Where I've got hiccups. I don't know. I'm so sorry. I am fucking falling apart. It's all the Gordon Ramsay stuff from earlier. Breaking me. Then you enjoy the other 83 editions of Chronicles Across the Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, whether it be Google, Spotify, Apple, etc., etc. I think some radio places that do it as well. Um, 
you can also find us on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast. We want to say a massive, massive thank you for getting us over 200 subscribers today. Like it means the world to us. This was recorded on Tuesday, the 2nd of May, and we we hit 200 subscribers. So thank you so much to everyone that's been subscribing. It really means the world to us. Can you get us to 1,000 now, please? Um, you can find us on YouTube. Please hit that subscribe button, like I just said. Hit the bell to get notified whenever new videos are released. And comment, comment, comment away. Um, you can find all of our hashtag WBW Way Back Wednesdays on there. You can find all of our interviews are on there. All of our shows are on there. All of our bloodstock, uh, sorry, all of our bloodstock interviews are on there. Our bloodstock vlog is on there. And our Dublin Cross vlog is on there. So please go and enjoy all of those little mothers. We'd really appreciate it. You can also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you you hit the like button and you share it absolutely everywhere. Thinking about it, Jamie, where else could you find us? Watching Star Trek Beyond and thinking, how the hell did he come up with a design for all of these aliens? <laughs> and also on the Twitter at TCO Pod. And then while you're looking watching Star Trek Beyond, wondering how he made all of those aliens and looking at our Twitter, where else could you find us? And cheese on your potato and going, is this a fuckton or do I need a bit more to make it a fuckton? Absolutely. Or on the Instagram. All there. At TCO Pod. We're also on the TikTok at TCO Pod. Make sure you go watch Jamie's Chesney Hawks video um, and all of the amazing clips that are on there because there's some really funny moments. It's almost like a diary. I love it. It's just great. I love the little captions at the bottom. You can also find us on LinkedIn at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please come connect with us on there. We'd really appreciate it. You know, trying to get this shit off the ground. Um, and you can come to our beautifully brand spankingly sexy and wonderful little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. Uh, you can find out all about us on there. You can find all of our affiliations and sponsors on there and all of our episodes are on there as well. Plus our shop, come and buy some merch. It would mean the absolute world. And then we can start upgrading the show and putting some more live events on, which is what we're looking to do again towards the end of the year. Yeah, make sure you subscribe to us on all, the, on all the platforms. Make sure you subscribe everywhere, follow us everywhere, and just come and enjoy the Chronicles of Podcasts because every, each and every week we like to deliver on, on the weekly, don't we, Jamie? Oh, yes, we do, sir. Oh, yes, we do. Have you got some uh, thank yous you want to throw out? Yes, I do. But before we drop the usual thank yous, I'm going to drop an extra thank you. Oh. And that thank you is to our good friend, Mally Malpass, who had us on as the first ever guest on Malcast, he's relaunched his podcast and he asked us to be the first guest. Absolutely massive honor to do that. So much fun. If you haven't already, please go check out Malcast. He shared it on his socials. We shared it on our socials. We had an absolute blast talking all about the world of metal. And actually, to be fair, we didn't really talk that much about the world of metal. It was everything but, but a great time regardless. And of course, let's say thank you to the usual friends. We have to say a Every single piece of music you hear on this show comes to you from one man. That man is Mr. Singer-Songwriter Extraordinaire, Matt Roberts. Go check out Matt on all the social medias, at Matt Roberts Music. Go follow him on Spotify. Go follow him on YouTube. And go subscribe to his podcast, The Songwriter Sessions. His first episode out with Johnny Payne. Go listen to that right now. Learn about songwriting with our favourite singer-songwriter extraordinaire. Absolutely amazing. So happy for you, Matt. And of course, go check out Matt's music. He released, it, released a brand new album, Light of Day. It is absolutely superb. Could you expect any less from Matt? So please go check out everything the man is getting up to. And talk about busy singer-songwriters. 
He's so massive. Thank you to Braden Barry and his Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com. Add one of all 30 designs of those mugs to your basket. Add one of all those beautiful new hoodie designs to your basket. Whatever you like the look of, add it to your basket, basically. You will not regret it because you will stay cozy. Whether it be one of those new designs, whether it be like that T-shirt that Tom's wearing, that hat that Tom's wearing, add them to your basket. And of course, add that discount code, The Chronicles, and get yourself 10% off your order. A little thank you from Mr. Barry and ourselves to you. And of course, as we discussed last week, because we're going to promote it because it's incredible, go check out Braden's album, Beneath the Roses. It's phenomenal. And last but not least, it's the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. They are stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. As we stated earlier on in the episode, we are now official ambassadors for the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. What an absolute honour that is. It is unreal. We had an incredible time at the Primordial Festival representing the brand, selling the merch, meeting people who have been affected by Sophie's story, who continue to be affected by what happened to Sophie. And it is amazing just seeing how much people are devoted to stopping this happen and supporting this charity. It's absolutely incredible to see. And we cannot wait. If you know people who are unfamiliar with Sophie's story, please share the website, share the story, tell them about it. Because Sophie's incident happened in 2007. And what happens to Sophie is still happening today. Two kids, two people out there simply because they want to express themselves and be themselves and listen to music that's just a little bit heavier than what you hear on the radio. There ain't nothing wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. Probably because the music kicks ass. But anyway, people want to be themselves. It's as simple as that. And they should not be treated differently and bullied for it. So please help us, help them to achieve Sylvia's mission. Spread that word. Donate where you can. If you're at music festivals this summer and they are there, pop on down, have a chat with the guys behind the store. Hell, you might be having a chat with us. See what you can do to help. And of course, as I was asking you all to fill out that questionnaire for the past year, I'm going to encourage you now to start talking about what came out of that questionnaire. And the main thing that came out is people do not report it. They do not tell people when these things happen. So please, let's spread that message. Let's get that out there. We need to start speaking up. As simple as that. When it happens, let's speak up. Let's stop it from happening. And make sure what happened to Sophie never happens to anyone ever again. And last but not least, a massive thank you to this handsome devil right there. I miss him so much. I only saw him last weekend. Ditto. Absolutely ditto, my friend. Thank you so much for another absolutely glorious episode. Oh, yes. Um, so a pleasure as always to do this with you. Joel, thank you so much again for being a part of the show. Um, we really hope that you enjoy uh, listening back we hope that you guys enjoy listening to it too we are very very proud of this show we're very very proud of what we do um so feedback is always appreciated um another great episode jamie another wonderful wonderful week and uh as for this week we'll see you all next week for the chronicles of eric betts <laughs> goodbye everybody <laughs> <laughs>